News date, 1948. Strange apparitions. An imposing red figure stalks the shadows of churches and cemeteries in the English countryside. Local authorities are dismissing reports of supernatural unrest. Perhaps clarity can be provided by the Hellboy Book Club. everyone and welcome to the Hellboy Book Club. My name is John Salinas and I'm here with Bobby Loveless. And I'm Danielle. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. hey. It's Hellboy time. We're reading Hellboy comics. We're reading sure all the we Hellboy sure are. comics. That's all the doing. different ones, all the different spin-offs. Wow. And Danielle's going to tell you all about it. First we're going to read a thing and you're going to read the thing. We're, we'll tell you what you're, we're going to read. We did that already in the past. And then we're going to talk about what we read and you're going to listen to us talking about what we read and then you're going to talk about what we talked about when we read the thing. And and that's a hey damn guys. They'll send us a message. You'll send us you'll send us a postcard. Yeah. You'll send us a song, a poem. You'll write it. And then you'll you'll recite it and you'll record it and you'll send that to us on a little cassette tape. That's happened, yeah. It has happened. We have and all we'll the cassettes play it. here. We wait, do. Wait. They're in a big stack. And then we'll we'll talk about what you talked about when you talked about us talking about the thing that we read, and that's a book club and that's friendship. Back to you, John. Oh, that was a great one. Yeah. So are we talking like regular cassettes or micro cassettes? Either, either one, mm. really, and you know, you could also do the reel to reel. We won't be able to 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 see it or hear it, but yeah. you can do that. You can do that as well. Yeah. Burn me a mix CD of all your your best uh, recordings of your own voice talking about what we talked about when we talked about the thing that we read. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Please do that. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today, so let's go straight to our shouts outs. Shouts outs. Mega shout out to Billy Hines. Big shout out. Billy Hines, book club member. Yes. yes, thank you for that amazing intro. Oh, that, that was you heard. so good. That How was about amazing. That? That's friendship, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was really nice. That was thank lovely. You for that in. I loved the uh, the affectations. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. Really nice. Really good. We're getting so many great voices. I'm digging it. On the podcast. I'm digging it. I love it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please do that. Absolutely. All right. I also want to shout out Bedrock City Comics. Bedrock City Comics. Book Club members. Yes. Incorporated. Uh, that's our local comic book store here. They're great. In Houston. You're great. They, they have live shows every Wednesday. Yeah. I, I don't even work for them. No. And I'm advertising this Oh, stuff. man. I will absolutely. Really yeah. We Yeah, for sure. Prices are really good. You can do it We're by not even too. shills. They don't pay us. We <laughs> just want you to know that they're great. We just want you to know. Yeah. yeah Love exactly. you, Richard. I mean, they're, they're like one of the best comic book shops I've Love ever you, Ziggy. Here. Squiggy. Squiggy. We love you, Squiggy. Squiggy's great. They had their Bedrock City Con. Uh, this is their first big con. Well, they um, did some mini. They did some mini cons. Some mini cons. We some actually try out cons. We actually did some shows they were from great. those mini cons. And they were yeah, fun. They were fun. Yeah, and I was... was drunk. I had too many beers. But we didn't really have a lot of stuff to sell. I mean, Aubrey and I had some stuff to sell, but like once we exhausted, we're not like stores or whatever. We don't no, have like you an have influx your... of items. Yeah. So we didn't have a booth or anything, but I went to go check it out. And Kevin Nolan was there. Shouts uh, outs giving... to you. Kevin Nolan. Yeah. You're a great guy. We're giving you a shouts out. Yeah. And we're making you a book club member. Well. Because he gave me permission oh, to record nice. me talking to him. Oh, that's nice. While he signed all my books. So check this out. Um, first of what all. a nice guy. He, he was super nice. So when I got there, he was talking to this guy. And they had obviously been talking for a while. But it showed that he really like spends time with the, sure. the people that come, to, come out to and see him. And that's really cool. I just want to point out, though, that if you cannot do that for whatever reason 
that's also okay. You can still be considered a super nice guy or gal. Sure. Even if you don't have the energy to do things like that or the time, and that's Just totally fine. And, and that's your personal and business. To, and to that's, be annoyed by some No, guy we're not Yeah, saying that Hollywood if you don't club. do that, that you're not nice. You are still nice, yeah. even if you cannot do that for even whatever reason. That's totally that. okay. Yeah. We're not saying that's a requirement of being at a con, but that is cool that he did that. So. It was nice. That's nice. And so um, he was like, I'll sign whatever you have. But make a donation to the Hero Initiative. Absolutely, which is oh, something yeah, we will yeah. do anyway. So uh, so I made a donation. I didn't have cash because they had like a thing there for cash. Oh, I see. And uh, and people were putting money in but there. Did you do that on the PayPal or the Venmo or something? Yeah, right? so I got on the thing. But yeah. then I, I showed my receipt. I was like, I just want you guys to know like I did it. Like I wasn't just like, oh, I'm That's a... something we do anyway. I mean, yeah. we, every time we hear about it online or something, we're like, oh, yeah, that, that reminds yeah. me. We need to chuck in five or ten bucks. Yeah. Whenever we can. So, um, and, and I'll link them in the show notes. You know, yeah. if you're so inclined to donate to the Hero Fund, it was nice that to the Hero Initiative. Every bit helps. It was nice to know yeah. that you know Kevin Nolan supports that. Yeah, for sure. And that was his only requirement. He was like, "I'll sign whatever you have." It's you know an excellent. I mean? It's That's an excellent awesome. cause. And it wasn't yeah. even a requirement. It was more like a suggestion. Of you course. Know? Well, yeah. Well, it's good to promote that. Yeah. You want to say quickly, just like a line about what it is, because in case it's oh, the Hero Initiative. Yeah, it 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 uh it provides for comic book artists when they fall in hard times. Like if they have well, or if, if they got fucked over yeah. by like, oh, we just give us all of your intellectual property and your artwork or your writing and like we just won't fucking pay right. you even though we are making millions of dollars off of this property millions. now that you made. Yeah. Sure. That you did and you're not getting paid for it. Well, I've more heard of it in reference to like you know, uh, being a comic book artist doesn't actually come with health insurance. No, absolutely. So if you have yeah. some traumatic health thing or some expensive health thing that you have to deal with, a lot of times <laughs> they rely on the hero. Especially if you live in America, yeah, where, where it's a fucking joke. Is horrible, yeah, exactly. horrifying. So you know, um, that's mostly how I've heard of it uh, being utilized by comic book artists, which right. I think is really oh amazing. yeah, absolutely for sure. You know, so yeah, definitely a worthy cause. Yes. So I was happy to do that. Anyway, please get to your story. I, so sorry. When I got to uh, Kevin Nolan, I was wearing a Hellboy shirt, right, with mm-hmm. the classic Hellboy logo on it. Yes. Right, because the 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 trivia out there for Kevin Nolan and Hellboy, uh, a, a big part of it is that he designed this logo. Right. You know, so as soon as he saw it, he was like, "Oh, yeah. I love your shirt." Yeah. Right, and I was like, "Well, you kind of designed this logo, right?" And he was like, "No," he was like, and then he went on this whole thing. He has a spiel ready. It was really funny. Yeah. He said, "I love it." He said, you know what the interesting thing about Mike Mignola is? He said he didn't need any help starting Hellboy, (laughs) but he had me uh, review the logo with him. He's like, that's all that I really did. The magic was in him all the time. And then he had John Byrne writing for him, and he's like, he didn't need that. And and the comics got better once he started writing it. (laughs) They really did. You know? and uh, and Not that we're saying that any of these people are not, but it's like Mike had the magic, and he was maybe thinking, he's so humble. Right. That he's like, no, I obviously I need like people to do this. So what Kevin Nolan was saying was that he didn't need anybody. He could right. have just done it from the beginning. Sure. All the components were there. Just sweet. Thing um, to say. So that was it's kind true. of like immediately we're talking about Hellboy stuff, and I'm just like loving this interaction. He's you know giving credit I mean? to Mike, and Mike would probably be like, "Oh no, he was you know all this. He was instrumental and blah blah blah." Like, it but would... he said, um, he said that he he confronted Mike about this did he? logo thing. Okay, and he was like, "Oh, well, you tell everyone that I did the logo. <laughs> I didn't really do it, you know." Amazing. And Mignola said, "It's just easier to say that." What? It's just easier to say. That. <laughs> What does that mean? What does that mean? 
What do you mean? Anyway, what do you mean? That was really funny. What do you What do you mean? And then, um, and then I did ask. He's really cool and weird, and I love it. And, I love and, the, how, how weird he is. Why are you like that? And I was, uh, you know, and I had seen Kevin Nolan spend time talking to other people. Sure. And then we had this initial interaction, and I felt like it was going well. And so I did ask. So him, you feel like you it would know. be socially acceptable to yeah. then say, "Hey, by the way, yeah, could I?" Was I? Like, Hey, you know, I'm, sure. I'm I'm on the Hellboy Book Club. You know, I do this podcast, and we're a big fan of all your Hellboy work. I was like, I have a it's a book Hellboy club. I'm not here. like a, I'm not one of those podcasters. Yeah. I'm not a fucking yeah. you know dipshit. Like it's a it's a book club. We're friendships, and we're talking about the book. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay. And so I was like, um, do you mind if I if I record? You know what? As we're talking here, and he was like, at first he kind of hesitated. And he was like, yeah, it's all right. He was like, I only hesitate because I feel like I'll clam up as soon as I know that you're recording something. Oh, I see. So, you know what I mean? I didn't feel to, I didn't really want to put him on the spot. Well, um, did, I mean, were you like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask you any hard hitting, like, well, I immediately said, I don't have questions. to. I yeah. said, I immediately, I, I immediately said, I don't have to, you know. It's I just can, like this, but you've provided already an example of yeah. what you're talking to him about. And yeah. it seems pretty easy for him to respond. So it's so, just going to be that. And, and then he was like, no, it's okay. So that was, uh, that was cool. he did let me record yeah. it. Um, I'm going to insert it into the show here. Um, I might have to go in and edit it a little bit because like basically he's commenting. John, what are you bothering Kevin Nolan for? I, I'm, I'm, he, Why are as, you bothering as him? As he's signing the comics, one thing that was really fun was as he's going through them, he's also flipping through the book and going, ah, this was so fun. Oh, I love fun. this. Nice. And this and that. And so you might not, you're not there so seeing cool. which comics he's talking about. Right. You know, but uh, he's credited on a lot of the covers for uh, BPRD King of Fear. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so as he's signing them, he's commenting on yeah. like, oh, well, you know, this is really Mignola. And I just kind of went <laughs> over it and stuff <laughs> like that. That's great. And um, so I'll insert it in there. Guy. You know, I'm going to have to go in and edit the clip. I might even have to put myself in there going like, right now he's talking about, I don't know. You know what I mean? Because you're not going to know what he's sure. commenting yeah. on. I just like that he's like, oh, you know, this wasn't me. This was all Mignola. This like whole everything. Yeah. But it was But really you don't fun. know who's more humble. You're like, wait, is Mike Mignola being humble or is Kevin Nolan being more humble? Like who yeah, is like who trying is to give who <laughs> credit here? They're yeah. both so nice. They were both so nice. And he was so kind with his time. And his detail, he talked about the comics, and you really got the sense that he just had a lot of fun doing it. That's good. You know? That's what and you want. Obviously, like we talked about with Fabio Moon, he had a lot of freedom, you know, yeah. in yeah. what he could yeah. do. So, anyway, I hope the clip turns out I would okay. hate to think. I would hate to think any of these guys are like, ugh, this shit, yeah. you know? And he so. said he would love to do some more, you know? Hey, so, I'm sure uh, we would love to know, see that. That would be Everybody great. Everybody would love to, to see, see that. So, anyway, I'll insert the clip, and hopefully it's good. Whatever, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with that. Can you talk a little bit about the collaboration with um, with Mignola and like Troy Nixie, for example, on this one? Like, what is what is that oh. like in putting one of these stories together? This one's worked. I only did two pages. Yeah, this one. the so, framing yeah, sequence. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know much about that, uh, or I don't have much to say about that because I was barely involved in the. In the story, I'm not even sure why they asked me to do just those two pages. <laughs> as a, as a, I don't know, as a framing thing. Yeah, it's, it's the yeah, framing it's device nice. for the, for for that story. Yeah, because it's a cool story. Yeah. But why do you need me here? I don't, I don't know. So, um, what about on on uh, on this one? Satan smells a rat. Do you recall any of the collaboration experience on that one? Uh, yeah, this one was with Arcudi. I think he wrote a lot of stuff for me to just have fun drawing like uh, 
Um, well, actually, some of this stuff was not fun at all. <laughs> like, there's a there's this scene where he asked for a 1930s New York parking garage, and I'm oh, not sure those even existed. Right. <laughs> so that's why it's this made-up thing. You know, they're, they're fairly authentic-looking. Uh, it looks legit. Fords, but this is just BS here. So um, um, it was. It, and and the, the subway, again, a subway, there's not a lot of photos of New York City subways from the 30s. They look very different. The, the train cars look very different from, uh, from uh, later versions. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was, it was fun to do. Again, do you like doing Lobster Johnson versus Hellboy, or do you have a preference? Um, I... I think I did have more fun with the Abe Sapien and Hellboy. Oh, okay, yeah, that's Abe, a good one. Abe, even though I had to, I had to struggle a little bit because I realized I was trying to draw. Like they caught me at one point, and said, "No, he doesn't have webbed fingers." You're thinking of the movie Abe yeah. Sapien. Sure. I go, "Yeah, you're right," because there's, yeah, he does have that in the movie. Yeah, he looks a little, yeah, he looks a little more fish-like in the movies, a little more human in the comics. Um, but basically, if you got Abe Sapien and Hellboy, you know, you're starting out with two main characters who are essentially monsters. So yes. it, it, it has but to be But it's also fun. like a buddy comedy, too. It's all, you know, it's yes. got that whole aspect, yes. which I like. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would, li- I would say I, I enjoy drawing Hellboy more than Lobster Johnson. Um, but I do. I like, I, I like the 30s setting. Mm-hmm. It's just like that's a lot of fun. It, yeah, it's just it's it's tough, you know. You gotta you want to make it uh, as authentic as possible, which means you're doing a lot of research. Sure. For for everything. There's a lot of historical fiction in the whole Hellboy universe yeah. where they interweave like real world events and all that kind of stuff. Right. Right. And even like the kids' costumes, I think. This is really fun. What would a what would a kids' Halloween? I know how how <laughs> rudimentary they were. In the early '60s, when I was a kid, right, I, in, you know, 30 years before that, I have no idea what a kid's <laughs> costume looked like. So that's, yeah. So it had a lot of challenges, but it was fun to do. It was a good story. So. But I do. I like that whole, that whole universe, because um, there's so much stuff in there that's yeah. fun to draw. It's um, it's cool to see you do some of the BPRD characters for these covers. Yeah, I don't think that's a series that you that you've worked on interiors, right? Uh, no, no. And there's some of these. Like I think this one, uh, Mike did a little sketch. Somebody actually inked his pencils. Others oh, wow. like this. He did a he did at least a thumbnail for me for a lot of these. And I think yeah you. You'd call it a thumbnail. He didn't. He didn't get too specific about the big monster, other than it was, you know, the big monster right. behind him. Um, but the basic layout is uh, is from Mike. So and his his design sense is terrific. So I I appreciated that. Well, and this the the big uh, statue behind her he had drawn that somewhere 
Yeah, it's appeared in a couple of the books. It's yeah. like a reference going back to like some of the older Hellboy comics. Okay, so that was all established, and and they they sent me. So they'll send you like the reference, reference stuff for that. to like okay, right. this is going to be in the background and it's going to have these features on it and stuff like that. Right. I'm going to find a spot where I'm not covering up much, but if I go across <laughs> here, is that okay? That's great. No, okay. that would be fine. Thank you. Uh, can you talk about some of the instruments that you use when you're making the covers? Like, what it, what is your actual process? Uh, yeah, nothing nothing too fancy. Pencils. You usually start out with a thumbnail, mm-hmm. you know, tiny little sketch. Right. You know, even if Mike sends me a thumbnail, I'll do, you know, I'll redraw it my way. Medium-sized layout, about print size, where I firm up a lot of that, figure out you know what's going to be a black area because if you if you're working in Mike's universe you want a lot of shadows right there's stuff. a lot it of shadows look right without that <laughs> plus I I just like that look anyway it um, looks great yeah um, thanks I love your versions of Kate and Abe here these are really good it's one of my favorite uh, covers good thanks um, I love the character of Johan <laughs> yeah um, but, you know not much to draw just <laughs> but yeah, I love I love the way they write the character. And that's another one I think Mike thumbnailed for. Okay. Me, I think. Yeah. This is his pencil. Yeah, that one looks a lot like um, yeah. Mignola. Yeah, and by this point, uh, you know, I think it'd probably been years since another inker had inked his pencils, and you know, now we know his style. For the, for the first times I inked him. At, at Marvel, I think I probably tried to normalize it too much. Okay. And probably didn't didn't help out. Just much. go with the weird blocky style, right? Right. Right. <laughs> is that um? Is it uh? Is it fun just kind of coming in and doing the covers rather than uh, having to do the whole interior? Yeah. Do you knock all the covers out at once, or is it like a? Spread out as oh each no these issue. were these were spread out okay part of it yeah yeah it, it's definitely more fun doing the covers than uh, you know you're in and out fairly quickly I work very very slowly so committing to a story is right, always right. a problem but, uh, but yeah like I said the three stories that I did they especially with that last one they gave me a lot of time um, and I probably I probably took more time than I should have <laughs> but. But I was having fun with it. It was, uh, I don't know. I, I wanted to do a good, good job. I wasn't that happy with that first Hellboy story. Like I said, I, I think I was off model. I wasn't quite drawing him for right. the Buster Oakley. For yeah, that one? Okay. I, I loved I think his I have story that one down there. Yeah. yeah, I loved his story. I just wasn't. There were some things about the way I drew it that I wanted to improve. So I, I put a little more time into the Abe Sapien thing for okay. that reason. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because when when they asked me to do this to ink these these covers, Mike joked, "Oh, good! Now I can put a girl on there." Right? Because he thinks he can't draw. He's crazy. So that's why he, he he was very vague in the pencils. Oh, okay. To leave you to kind of fill in yeah, the features of her face with Liz. So that's why I didn't. <laughs> You know, it looks too, her face looks too much like I drew it because I did because that was that was the plan from the beginning. So uh, that's one of my favorites. That's a great variant. Yeah, I, I love 
you know, Ar- Arcudi was the writer, and he knew I loved these this old style layout with yeah. the face bullets. So he he uh, he made that possible. Yeah, I like the colors. This is of all of these we've looked at. I think this is one of the first ones that I actually did the colors. I like, oh, okay. I like so these are all Dave Stewart, I guess. Um, yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, this one's mine. Oh, okay. That one's you too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, even the uh, yeah, even the even the lettering. Nice. Yeah. And that's that's what I I loved about doing these is they they gave me the freedom to do pencils, inks, hand lettering on the boards, and color as well. So that's, that's awesome. That's how I'd like to work. If, uh, well, and if it really comes me. across too when we get to your stories. You know, they have their own distinctive kind of look and feel, and it's like oh, ah, that's a, that's a Kevin Nolan style. I'm a big fan of that one. I'm, surpri- I'm surprised no. to hear that you, you felt like that's the weakest well, one. I, I, I do. I love the story. It's, a, it's such a goofy, oddball story. He, he, <laughs> we were at a convention in England, and I was inking other people. And I, I, Mike didn't say this, but I got the feeling that Mike was like, what are you doing? <laughs> inking other guys. And he, we're sitting there after the show, and he says, uh, you should do a Hellboy story. I got this story. He starts describing. Okay. And then, and then later he said, I was kind of just making that up on the fly. <laughs> so the aliens and there's a cow. <laughs> I said, that'd be great. Yeah. And he said, okay, then we'll do that. Okay, let's do it. So And then he did it and wrote this, this nutty story. Which I love it. It's really good. I, I, I do too. I love the, you know, the poor farmer and his... His mutilated cow. Yeah, it's. Um, yeah, it was it was fun. I just I just felt like I didn't quite get. Uh, you know, I love the fact that this is actually he wrote a water tower and I made it a grain elevator just because. Uh, well, for the same reason I put a I put a grain elevator. On oh, okay. Like, no one ever puts a grain. It's a, it's a farm town. Put a grain elevator in there, and that's actually the same grain grain elevator. There you go. Wow, so, that's yeah. cool. But anyway. Have a lot of those in Kansas. Yeah, there's a there's one. I you know I walk past that grain elevator every morning, twice a day. I walk past that grain elevator. So, but yeah, again, you know, this stuff. The fact that it's said in well, actually, because I'm from Can, I'm originally from Nebraska, but then we've lived in Kansas for about 50 years or so. So the story, you know, because Mike is is uh, whatever he, he knows, I'm into that stuff. He had it take place. It starts out in Kansas, sure, and then uh, I think it goes moves to, to Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Mike is he he doesn't remember saying this, but years ago he said. Okay, the United States, you know, because he's lived on the West Coast and the East Coast. Oh, right, right. Okay, so you got California on the left, New York on the right. In between, it's just monsters. <laughs> I reminded him of that not long ago. He says, I have no memory of saying that, but it sounds like something. It sounds like something it's a pretty good line, but I have no memory of saying that. You have some uh, fun pinups in the, in the back of this. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I, I remember one. Is there more than one? Uh, I think it's just the one. If you keep going a little bit more. That story. 
There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to sign the pin? Sure, that would be great. I'll actually pull it up on this one, too. I have two copies of this. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Bill Ray fan as well. So I, oh, these I are so funny. Those. Some wacky stuff in there. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> Hitler, Adolf Hitler, <laughs> eating bugs. I love it. Yeah, I love the fact that Hellboy is is is. I don't know what the word is. The character itself is not precious, so it survives all these weird mutations. Yes, it really is. Other writers, other artists, it still it still works, even if uh, even if it's not the version you'd expect from Mignola. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's what makes it so fun too, is seeing everyone's different versions of it. And then I just have one. This is the last one, I promise. Okay. No problem. I really appreciate your time today. It's such sure. a pleasure to meet you and talk to you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate sure. it. And I hope no we get to see you on some more uh, Hellboy stuff in the future. I'd, I'd love to. Yeah. T- tell them. You know, get them to ask <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, my other shout out is to. The Hellboy Web of Weird game. Hellboy Web of Weird game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that out? It it just came out. Okay. Okay. And if you buy it on Switch, it's actually 20 bucks. It's on sale right now. Did you play any of it? So I downloaded it, but I haven't actually had time to sit down and play it. Okay. I'm going to play it this weekend. Okay. Um, So I'll I'll have more to talk about. But I've heard that it's pretty good. I'm excited to play it. You know what I mean? I love that it's on the Switch uh, as well, so I can play it handheld or whatever. But I think it's also on Steam. Xbox, PlayStation, so you should be able to get access to it no matter what. I was like, I'm not even going to look at the reviews. I don't even care what the reviews are. I'm just going to support it because if we support it, then they then they go, oh, people like Hellboy games. Yeah. And then they, we might get more. Hey. You know what I mean? So I just feel like... Well, and also you're supporting uh, independent creators and independent... You're right. It is an independent gaming yeah. studio. Independent gaming studio, independent artists who even came up with the shit People who care place. about it. Yeah, you people know? Who care. It looks they amazing. They yeah. obviously put a lot of love into it. Fingers so. crossed that they weren't crying for whatever reason yeah so i'm gonna buy it no matter what just because i want to show that i'm gonna support this you yeah. know that uh that it's a property worth making more stuff for so we can hopefully get more hellboy stuff game you know? developers so, anyway, join yeah, a union create a union in your workplace do it every um every video i've seen it just looks like it's straight up playing a comic book yeah i mean it just looks amazing i gotta get that i also want to shout out benjamin pritchard benjamin pritchard book club member he posted us on Twitter. He what actually he gave what us a say? shout out. He oh, said, oh, my nice. Hellboy obsession has kicked in big time after a good amount of time off. And I'm so hyped that I found an awesome podcast, Hellboy Book Club. Currently listening to episode two and oh, loving it no. so far. <laughs> oh, wow. No. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Big wow. But he shared our show and everything. And oh, I nice. was just like, wow, you know, that's really cool. That and really like, cool. that is the best way, you know, if Thank you're you. enjoying the show, if you listen all the time, you know. Shout um, it out. Yeah. Share our show when possible. You know, I always see people like recommended here and there. So, yeah, keep doing that. I love Shout that. Shout it out. And now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. Listener feedback. Get out, trade some floppies. Get out, hardback copies. Digital is fine. Read along in time. Get out. What's in the feedback, John? What's in there? We got a. I almost threw out my back with all the feedback that we've got. Oh here. man! Oh damn! Delicious oats. Yes. <laughs> we heard from Billy Hines. 
Billy Hines. Book club member. Yes, Billy Hines. Uh, we shouted him out earlier for doing the intro. He said, hey, damnable fellows. Amazing. <laughs> Not sure if you're still doing intros. I haven't even hit COVID in my listen through, so I'm way behind. Oh, I'm wow. just at Lobster Johnson. Oh, shit. Um, but he did send us these intros. He sent us another one, too. Really? So I'm like, should I just put it in here or should I nope, like save it. No, save, save it. it. Save it. So you'll hear that one next It's not time. exactly like people are sending us a lot of intros. Yes. Guys. You should. He said, I've been listening for the past few months and rereading at the same time. I'm lucky to own a few Hellboy gems by McMahon, John Paulian, Fregredo, and Mignola. Nice. He said, uh, which you can see here. And he shared his comic art fans gallery. You know, comic art fans, a lot of people who own original art, like Ryan Yule, book club mm. member, you know, they have a comic art fan site where you can go check out all their original art. Sure. Oh, we nice. should do one of those. Why? Um, because we have a lot of original art okay. that people might want to see. I'm not on this website. I don't know what this is. You do it. We should do one You're for the You're the one who knows about the website. That's I guess fine. I have to do it. Yeah. yeah. But you'll click the link. I'm doing stuff. I'm busy. <laughs> you can't click a link for us or what? I am busy. Okay. What if I email, what if I message you the link? I have too many emails. Don't email me. You're immediately my enemy if you send me an email. I don't want to read another email as long as I live. Well, anyway, uh, but what Billy. Text message? This email does not find me well. I wish I was in a cave in the bottom of the ocean. What about so a blood email? Mm, that sounds intriguing. Tell me more. So Billy Hines shared his comic art fans. I'll link that in the show notes. That's amazing that he has some Mignola work. He says, the journey with Hellboy from the 90s has been amazing. Of all the creations produced during that time, it is a testament to Mignola that his is the only one that has gone the distance. Oh, damn. More so than even Sin City, right? Because that's kind of the mm. only really thing of that same era. He said, Dark Horse deserves so much credit for helping to create the universe. Mm. Comics history would have been different if this had been an image book way back when. Oh, yeah. Completely different. In what way? Like how? Like what? I don't know, just the way the image comics were run in the early 90s. Okay, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Just, I think it would be it would have been more of a focus on being like a superhero and less being a slow oh. burn of a gothic story. Right. Yeah. yeah, so the whole atmosphere, they would have like tried to ruin it. Yeah. Whereas right. Dark Horse was like, do your thing. Man, I want to, has Lifeout ever done a Hellboy don't, don't do not speak this into existence. <laughs> do not well, this put is that in no the disrespect to life. I'm just saying this two. That's those are two different diametrically opposed. That for me. Those are diametrically opposed. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it, but um, somebody else do it. You know, like we're like worlds here. He said, "Well done for the hard work every week." I hear John's draw in my head too often. <laughs> do you have a draw? Do you have a draw? I guess. Okay. No, we we're, are we're we're from Texas. Texas. I guess I don't really notice that. He said, "Danielle's supernatural justice warrior role makes me laugh." Zombies were people too. What does that mean? What does it mean? I don't know. Zom when did you say zombies were people too? That's funny though. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't remember anything that I say. I can't be expected to remember the things oh, man. that I say. If he's like way back at Lawson Johnson, mean? that's like five years ago. Oh wow. Oh, right, I cannot be expected to remember anything that happened five fucking years ago. I don't remember what happened last week. He said Aubrey speaks softly and carries a big stick. <laughs> that's true I would know that's a good characterization of you yeah, he that's, said, that's accurate. a big stick of friendship he says Matt and goodwill <laughs> he said Matt brings some solid comics contacts so yeah is, no so, absolutely so, oh, he's, yeah. so he's in the Matt sure. Strackbine era of the podcast oh yeah Matt, like every single week Matt is consistently the yeah. thing that he said yeah, yeah absolutely that hope to have some more insight when I catch up make mine Mignola Billy Nice. Yeah. We got a hey damn guys from Wesley Matthias. 
Wes Matice. Book Club member and co-host. Check him out on Book Club member comics and on some episodes of this podcast as well. And wonderful man. Yes. He he joins us every month uh, for Baltimore. Yeah. Wes says, hey damn guys, love the Frankenstein New World episode and that book. Everything about it is exciting, fun, and ignites the imagination. Hmm, I love that. I will daydream about that new world. All right, I need to chime in again on the old guy with the sword of Hyperborea. First, I agree with some of the book club members and think the old guy is Galdinar, even though the handle looks a little longer. Yes, I still think it's somebody else. Okay. Thought. Clearly, there is a force or energy or magic at work here. So if this is still Galdinar, the sword could have a power that allows its wielder to age slower. Ah, yeah, no, okay. I'll pay that. Yeah, I, I would that. say like we saw with Frankenstein, not age in his meditative right. state. Right, he was there for yeah. like a thousand years or something like that. They said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that 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 that's a thing. It could be a thing if you are channeling it in a specific way, like oh. properly, because some people it doesn't affect that way, and well, that's okay. Like, and Liz didn't age either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. absolutely true. Yeah. Some, you know, like uh, so maybe Jillian Anderson has some of that real mm. happening because she just does not age. It's hard to compare with Frank since he isn't one hundred percent human. Well, he is. He is not one hundred percent human. He's like eight hundred percent human because he's got like eight different humans in him. <laughs> anyway, that could put Gaul further down the conventional timeline, fighting people with more developed weapons and armor. Hmm. In issue one of the Sword of Hyperborea, we follow Galdinar through the rest of his life after Howard's comes to an end and Gal, that's a good way to put it, and Gal is on the fire pyre and wakes. We get flashes of his life, but no idea how much time has actually passed between Mm. each scene. Okay. Could be more time than a regular lifespan, or maybe it's just the next handler. I like handler. I like like that. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Next, I have to defend my earlier comment. Okay. Danielle, I totally agree with you on how the specific holder of the sword is experiencing time in a different way and experiencing those two lives, if you will, simultaneously or all at once. My comment was on the post of the page with the old man, but my comment was not necessarily in context to that. Okay. Okay. Heard. 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 Clarified. I, I didn't mean to suggest him being a different warrior from Hyperborea. I misunderstood, and I apologize, and this is an excellent clarification. But suggesting that there may be more swords and human experiences, like the one we saw with Gaul and Howard's, absolutely. That sounds great. It's just an off-the-cuff thought that maybe there are more items, swords, or even axes that create a similar experience like Gaul and Howard's. That is cool. I want to think like maybe it's a like a specific special item, but maybe it's more interesting if there's more stuff, more items, more things. Mm. Like maybe it is because like I do hate the trope of like, oh, he's not a special boy. Just kidding. He was a special boy all along. In fact, he's the most special boy. I think that's so tired and I hate it. And so like I like where you're going with this. He continues. Maybe these experiences are all spiritually connected with a purpose, like a hive mind all being directed by those spirits. We know there were more than one fire-wielding Vril containing Hyperborean princess, but Liz was the only one we really saw wield the Vril in its potentially pure form. Right. Just a thought, though. 
Nothing I have any solid theories on. These are all great, though. This is fantastic. These I'm are, loving all of this. Only fun and ramblings of a crazy person, as Mark would say. Well, I dig it. John, I do think you are right. When you get to Miss Truesdale, this can be a longer conversation, which could be where some of these thoughts are spawning from. But either way, thanks for humoring me. All right, to the current episode. The return of Effie Corncob. I liked this book and loved the art. I, too, was a little tired of the Christian trope and think the idea of setting up the shovel being the thing that defeats the evil, but then it not, and having Sarah May save the day is an awesome idea. Yeah, thank you. I think Mike likes to pull ideas from old monster movies and pulp horror so the Christian thing happens. Witches and witchcraft isn't bad or good. People are. Totally agree. I do wish there were more witches, shamans, druids shown on the good guy side. Thank you. It's disproportionate is all I'm saying. There definitely have been examples and there will be more in the Mignolaverse slash Outerverse. I do appreciate that Mike Mignola and the Dark Horse team do their research into lore and craft though. And it's not all surface layer BS. No, of course. No, of course not. I'm not trying to say that. I never would. Because of that, there's always more for the reader to look into with the lore and do their own research. Do your own research, people. Don't do that. Unless you do real Unless research. you, yeah. You know. <laughs> Unless you're actually doing Don't watch some idiot on YouTube. <laughs> oh, man. Do, the, the phrase, do your own research, is so charged now, and it's such an unfortunate thing. I don't like that. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully coming to the same conclusion that it's humans that are good and evil. Yeah, well. That being said, I really like Sarah May, and I'm excited for this character as well. She reminds me of Liz, and we all know what a badass she turned out to be. Yes. We love Liz. All right, that is all. Thanks for the discussion and friendship, Wes. Nice. Excellent. Thank you so much, Wes. That was great. So I actually had been thinking about, like, when we talked about that, um, the shovel and all that the, okay. on the last episode. Right. I have been thinking about that a lot. And well, I, you have a very I, impassioned interjection well, I mean, to that. So No, I mean, it really made me think. So it's just like, you know, I do agree that it is a little overdone, but the way I kind of want to try to explain the in-universe is that sure. the power itself was actually the Vril, but the person who had the shovel, he the only thing he knows is the Lord, and so he branded the Reverend, it. Yeah, yeah okay. he branded it that way, okay. but it was still the Vril sure. that was the power. Mm. All along. It was the Vril in all of us. I love that headcanon. <laughs> I love that headcanon. I think that's beautiful yeah. and gorgeous, but I feel like on the page, the only thing that shows up, people see the cross, and they're like, oh, well, that must be it. Yeah. I think if there had been, if there had been something like it was in you all along, it doesn't matter what you'd picked up. You could have picked up fucking anything. You could have picked up a yeah a fucking tin cup, and it would have been. He put a, he would have put a cross on that. What too. I, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah so, yeah. but what I'm saying is, I think that that's that's really cool. That's a really cool idea. Would have been cool if I'd seen it in the book. Yeah. We also heard from Robert Newnham. Robert Newnham, book club member. Yes. Here's another voice. We get to hear another guy on here. All right. I love it. Hey, you damn guys. Robert Newnham. I've just escaped from the Black Lodge, and I appear to have a doppelganger. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't come in here. He didn't go back in, and now the one-armed man says one of us must die. Fuck. (laughs) So, Hellboy Web of Word has been released. I mispronounced it last time. I don't have it yet, but when I've had a chance to play it, I'll let you know what I think. Also on Comicsology, Frankenstein New World, Young Hellboy, Assault on Castle Death, and Castle Full of Blackbirds are all reduced at the moment, so I'll definitely be grabbing them. And then I can listen to this episode and the Frankenstein one. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Is it Web of Word? Weird. 
Yeah, I thought it was. Is weird. it weird? Is, is it web it, of weird or, or web it, of word? I don't know. I have to play it. He well, they, he was saying that. That's it. I don't know now. This is another <laughs> fucking fuck, I god. He said weird, fuck! Though. It never ends. Corner. It never fucking ends. <laughs> He also sent us a actual message. Oh, actual uh, message. So last month you brought up Urshagal, or Urshagal, as she is known. I probably pr- should have pronounced those differently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid I know next to nothing about Mesopotamian mythology, but insofar as it relates to the Hellboy universe, it does appear to be another name for Hecate. Carl Brooks uses the name while trying to restore Effie Cobb to her old self, and in doing it wrong and making a mess of things, he says, O night, moon, star, and power of hell, then throws in that name, a few others, and a bit of hyperborean for good measure. <laughs> in Rise of the Black Thane, D. Style says Hecate twice, first as Urshagal, and then later as the Black Goddess. In Abe Sapien, Dark and Terrible, Gustav Strobel invokes the name Urshagal, along with various demons, and of course, it doesn't work because they're all dead. Except for Hecate, who apparently chose to ignore him. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> in Seed of Destruction, when Rasputin is summoning Hellboy, at one point he calls the Ogdru Jihad the three-horned bearer of Urshagal. This and the line, Black Hecate and her brothers, the Ogdru Jihad from the Abyss of Time, may indicate a connection between the two or eight of them beyond their shared goals. Destruction, recreation of the world. Wow. There is also the page from The Storm and the Fury where the old woman speaks to Nimue and says, they set you above all the others who have served them. On that page, along with Guilford Rasputin, the Black Flame, and Humbert T. Jones, Miracle Boy from Plague of Frogs, Hecate also appears as Heka Emma Ra with her human self, or whatever the world is, or whatever the word is for what she is before being cursed by Thoth. I know Danielle, whose voice I am currently borrowing, doesn't approve of Hecate being regarded as evil, and I don't really. I think immoral is the word I'd use to describe her. Mm. She is not altruistic, but unlike, say, the Black Flame or Varvara, she is not really malicious either, even when she's doing bad things. Yeah, yeah. Based on her conversation with Ed Gray, she seems to understand the concept of good and evil, but doesn't really care for them. Yeah. He says, you've given birth to... Any number of whores. And she says, true, you would say I have done evil, but you cannot judge me. You think as men think, and what I am is beyond the comprehension of man. Bam! Yes. Right there. Right there. That's one of my favorite Thank scenes. Thank you. <laughs> well, another thing she says in that scene is she says... She's more chaotic than anything else. She says yeah. something like, uh, I don't know exactly what, it, but it's something like, this is not my wish. This is just will, what will happen or something like that. Yep. Like she's just like, look, I'm not I'm not saying this shit to be a bitch. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying it because this is, it this is what it's going to be. This is how it fucking yeah, is, bro. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's some line in there. I, I wish I could remember. She's it more anyway. chaotically it's aligned good. than anything else. I think she's like, just because she happens to be an antagonist in this particular story, does yeah. it make her a fucking villain? No, oh, I agree. And I like yeah. the word antagonist over villain. Absolutely. Well, like, yeah. well especially if it, if it fucking fits. Yeah, exactly. Good shit. Great shit. He goes on to say. <laughs> <laughs> she seems to want to end the world, the world in the way that makes mo- the most sense, with Hellboy using the right hand of doom to free the Anju Jihad. It is for us to darken the sun, turn the moon to blood, and put out the stars. By the time the end of the devil you know happens, I think she's grown a bit exhausted with Hellboy. And when he objects one last time, her response is basically, oh, for goodness sakes, we've only got this last bit to do, and 
at your insistence, we've taken needlessly roundabout route to get to the more or less the same place. Yeah. yeah. She's like, look, this is happening, man. I don't know what to fucking tell you, okay? You got your human, you got your new world tree. Now, there is there anything else you want or can we get on with this? I'm paraphrasing, obviously. No, yeah. <laughs> like Hellboy, she is also a destroyer and creator of worlds. And it is interesting that at the very end, when the new world is being created, it is, shows the sun behind her. When every other time she appears, she's always been associated with the moon. But she doesn't get credit for that shit, does yeah. she? And she doesn't with fucking the, get credit for that. And with the world ending, right, thanks for listening. Your turn now. Enjoy Castle Full of Blackbirds. Ah, awesome. Good yeah, that shit. Great. That was excellent. Good job there, Aubrey. Good job, Your Aubrey. Yeah. Good job, Aubrey. <laughs> Good job, Aubrey. Yeah, and... Uh, Why wasn't that recorded? Send that in. Hey. So, Robert, that is... I've been wanting that kind of message, that kind of rundown of Urshigal. Or, or Reshigal, I guess. And Is it uh, not Urshigal? Well, I think you could... It, it, you've seen it both ways. I you thought it was Urshigal. Urshigal and then it, sometimes it looks like Urshigal. I've anyway. been saying Urshigal. I, we don't know. There's another pronunciation corner. For yeah, everybody. so I, <laughs> I pronounce. But hopefully, I haven't been saying it every wrong. way it was spelled. But <laughs> I, <laughs> but I love the I love that rundown of all the different references. Oh, I'm gonna go back and look at all those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for doing all that legwork with what the a beautifully thing. nuanced yeah. take. Gorgeous. Oh yeah, I loved it. Gorgeous. Really great. We also heard so from, refreshing. Yes, we love hearing from you in both audio and we love it written format. We also heard from Christopher Egan. Christopher Egan. Book club member. Yes, we were talking about Salem's Lot. He said, Salem's Lot is my favorite vampire novel. It's King's second book, and it's still one of the best. And his first example... Second book? Yeah. Of really wow. fleshing out Are you kidding? And his first example of really fleshing out an entire town and has a large number of its inhabitants. There isn't a better time to read it than September, October as it has a good late summer and spooky autumn vibe throughout the whole thing. At times, it's a little dated and very 70s, but the majority of the story holds up, and any of its faults can be tossed aside as a product of the time without ruining the whole thing. Yeah, so you were you had just read Salem's Lot. Yeah, right? I just read yeah. Salem's Lot, because uh, one of the characters in there pops up in the Dark Tower series, and I just got to the part where he pops up in the Dark Tower series. Oh, nice. Okay. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. He said, love this story, and I'm a huge fan of Zach's work, Zach Howard, who did The Return of Effie Cobb. Mm -hmm. I believe that this is a story that I reviewed some of to assist Mark uh, for his Multiversity articles with his tireless coverage, and Zach had reached out to let me know that he appreciated my write-up and that the issues would be delayed, but that we shouldn't worry about the series getting canceled, because there was that whole COVID delay in the middle of the book. Mm -hmm. Oh. He said, oh, the hellish days of 2020 wreaking havoc on the comic book industry. Hmm. Side note, it's been a tough week, and so I'm glad to be listening to a new episode and the added comfort of some Hellboy and Stephen King discussion <laughs> is just what I needed. Aw. Aw. Uh, thank you so Yay. much, Chris. Great to hear from glad you. Glad we could be there for you. Yeah. yeah. And then Hayden responded to his comment. What did Hayden say? Hayden Orr. Book club member. He said, Salem's Lot really does hold up. It's crazy. Huh. Even if he never wrote any books after the 70s, that's an insane run. Carrie, Salem's Lot, The Shining, The Stand, The Long Walk, and The Dead Zone. I mean, Jesus Christ, the man is a phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. A uh, matter of fact, actually, it was uh, after I popped up on um, Hayden's podcast that got me to want to read Salem's Lot. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Hayden or too. He's got his podcast, Last Book on the Shelf. I'll link it in the show notes. We've oh, yeah. all been guests on there. Be sure to check that out. Yeah, yeah if you like any been... of this, you'll love all of that. Regarding our discussion from last month of re The Return of Effie Cobb, we heard from Donald Chapman. How about it? Donald Chapman. Book club member. Yes. 
Um, I posted that picture where Hellboy's like running with the little skinny legs. Yeah. The way yes. Zach Howard draws him. And he's going, crap, or whatever. Yeah. And uh, Donald Chapman says he has a moment like that two to three times a day. Yeah. Why? Who's <laughs> <laughs> amongst us? He said, Who's so, amongst us, John? He said, so excited for every episode and those Hey You Damn Guys shouts outs. There you go. Oh, well, oh, shout yeah. out to you. Well, shout out to you. Yes. We also heard from Ryan Yule. Ryan Yule. Book club member. Art collector galore. Art collector yes. extraordinaire. He shared. And, and a swell guy. And just an awesome yeah. guy. You know, yeah. we refer to him as, you know, he clicks out, but he's a swell guy. He's a really, he really guy. is. He's yeah. a great guy. He's a good friend. And, yeah. Uh, we love him. He's a great guy. Ryan said, I just wanted to share some of my original art pages by Zach Howard, which okay. has some of the recreated Corbin panels. Mm. So he's oh, got some of yeah. those pages where they recreate the pan. Anyway, God, it's amazing. Blech. So his comic art fans, all of his stuff is linked in our link tree. So if you want to check out any of his original art, it's all linked there. Uh, but I'll also link in the show notes of this episode, too. So, yeah, Ryan's awesome. We also heard from Mark Tweedell. Mark Tweedell. Book club member. We were talking about how Hellboy is good with little kids yeah. in the comics. It's okay. super good. <clears throat> he, he said, Hellboy being good with kids is one of my favorite character details. And it's nice to see that he does so... Just by listening to them. Yeah. Really yeah. listening. Yeah. Again, that part where she doesn't want to talk about something, he's just like, no problem. He's like, all right. And then he just doesn't talk That's about cool, it. That's cool, yeah. He respects He respects their autonomy. He said, I can't wait to see more of Lila. How was it? Lilia. When Frankenstein New World continues, when the time is right and you've read certain stories, Jerry has a great theory to discuss with you. Oh. Yeah, oh. So that's very right. excited for that. I feel like I'm being awkward when I interact with kids, but it always seems to go well. Yeah. Though. So, because, like, I, when I talk to them, I don't really change my demeanor at all. I just, just talk to them. Yeah, like regular people. Like they're just a, like a yeah. small person. Yeah. And it seems to work out because at first I'm like, hey, what do you what do you got going on there? Yeah. You know, and I feel like I don't know how to talk to kids. But then they're like, oh, I got here's what I got going on here. I'll tell you all about it. I will tell you literally everything about what I got yeah. going on here. I'm like, cool. And it's just, you know, I don't know. So I guess they're just I. just little people. Yeah. And so I guess you just talk to them. Like normal, yeah. it's fine. Which pa- is what Hellboy does, which is what I like. So yeah, anyway, that's nice. I like it. Pascal Belzu Manberg commented. Pascal Belzu Manberg. Book club member. Yes. He was wondering if maybe Lilia has, uh, an, if she's related somehow or an ancestor to Maggie. The girl that who maybe you know from perhaps the, uh, that appeared in the Ape Sapiens. Does everybody have and, to be related though? Can it just right, be like yeah. a separate person? But it's like some maybe like a manifestation of that or like a, maybe. Anyway, but I don't know. Perhaps is it the same? Well, are you saying literally are they somehow connected, or are you saying is it a similar concept? He said ancestor. So oh, ancestor. Know. Okay, maybe. Yeah, sure. Mark continues, uh, it's great. Julian Zamo is caught up now. He's a great friend of mine. We often chat about reading orders and give feedback. He has affected the Hellboy Book Club reading order in the past, just so you know. Oh. Their discussions, All right. you know, hey. um, have influenced that. So, you know, not only book club member, but book club timeline contributor. Yeah, it's really yeah. right. Mark says, this story touches on Hellboy Universe's attitudes to witches, here, Hellboy expresses the blunt, witches equal bad, mm. but you're not bad, so you're not a witch, mm-hmm. which is very much an attitude that fits the 1950s setting. Yeah. But this is not the attitude of the Hellboy universe itself. There are many, many good witches, and I think people often miss that if they simply transpose the attitudes of lead characters onto universe. Can you blame them, though? The titular fucking character is saying this yeah. very bluntly and very clearly. So, yeah, I don't really blame them for feeling that way or thinking that shit because... 
this is the titular character. The book's called Hellboy. Sure. And Hellboy is like, hey, this is what I think. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe like take a look at that and think about how like I, I love this. And I think when you truly love something with all your heart, you can do a little bit of a constructive critique. And it's it's lovingly done. Yeah. I'm not saying that this is bad because of this. I'm just saying that that concept itself is something that I think we should take another look at yeah. and think about it. And, you know, maybe well, I feel like he, he that's not cool. I don't like it. Um, he says, plus, you know, a person's attitude changes over the course of their life. And that's certainly true of Hellboy. Absolutely. The attitude he expresses here will start being confronted in the troll witch and yes. will evolve over the rest of his life. Excellent. Which also, is a good example for us in our yeah. lives. We can mm -hmm. look at that and say, hey, maybe I thought some bullshit a couple of years ago. I don't think that anymore. And it's good. And it's fine. It's fine yeah. and good to do that. And I know I've said this before. Hellboy's job exposes him to a certain bias. After all, no one calls the BPRD to deal with a good witch. That's true. Uh, his job reinforces the bias. I very much agree with Danielle regarding the Christian symbolism defeats evil witchcraft thing. The Hellboy universe is way more complex than that. As we know, many religious symbols have been shown to have power. Yeah. And I'd argue it's even implied that the religious object itself is not really where the power stems from, but rather acts of the amplifier for the person that's using it. The power stems from the person. I think that's what kind of you absolutely, you Aubrey. You were saying that. And yeah, I think that that's that's a great way. To, that's an absolutely great interpretation. I think that's fantastic. And yeah, it, maybe it is more subtle. Maybe it is mm. subtext, and that's also okay. I think that stories can be subtle and can have subtext and can be presented in different ways over time, and that is good. So I definitely concede that point, and that's I love I love that you brought that up yeah. for sure. The problem is that readers that come into these books with a witchcraft Christian bias. And they don't read closely or widely enough to notice that it's not the case in these books. Yeah. And it just reinforces their biases. Yeah. It's actually a big problem we have on the Hellboy Wiki where there are some editors that are clearly Christian. <laughs> yeah. And they see these bits in the books. So they start editing pages as if Christianity is 100% real and accurate in the Hellboy universe. Yeah. So yeah, there are definitely instances where I wish this dynamic was explored more directly to confront an attitude that has done a lot of harm in the world. I think we see this attitude more directly confronted in Witchfinder. 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 Sir Edward Gray more overtly thinks witches are evil and then life and sort of death happens and he ends up being a warlock himself. <laughs> he has friends and allies that are witches and warlocks. Sarah Jewell even directly calls out his biases when she meets him. Yes. And I think she was a big part of that change in him. In this case, I see the symbol's power as stemming from the good people that have used it, not the symbol itself. Sure. Reverend Watts would be rather struck blind than corrupted by a demon. I think it's things like this that imbue symbols with power, not the religion it represents. For sure. There you go. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And like, well like said, I said, Mark. absolutely very well said. And I prefer that you know, movies or books or whatever it be leave room for subtext and leave room for subtlety and i think that that's that kind of nuance yeah. and let the reader decide things and figure things out and maybe it's left open-ended and isn't you know like there's not a hard you know answer given directly to the person who is reading or watching yeah. or whatever that's beautiful and gorgeous and lovely and i love it i'm just saying they do explore kind of just kind of heavy-handed they explore this sort of thing a lot and i would like you know i mean this is the I'm not a I'm not a creator. I'm not I can't really critique it that hard because I'm not someone who's like, you know, the the typical comeback to that is, well, just make your own thing then if you don't like this thing. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it is always interesting to me to see a different side of that explored and like what if this and that. And so I like your thoughts on that. I think that's beautiful. I definitely am able to step back from 
you know, my like hardline stance on that and sort of think about it a little bit and be like, well, yeah, you got a point there. So I love, that's why it's a book club. Yes. That's good stuff. Thank you. So I just, um, yeah, I just see a lot of, so this, that's why this book that we're about to read is, uh, very interesting and cool. So I'm excited to read this. Yes, I am too. We were talking about Alexander Skarsgård as Howard's, and Mark said that would be incredible. Yeah. Just a gigantic frothing man. That would be great. Yeah. What, didn't, wasn't there some movie you were watching and he was like, he was like a like a bald guy and he was all was eh, I watching like that? he was like a computer nerd or something was like that he? and he was all weird. Are you talking about Succession? No. Okay. No, it was a movie. Anyway, I'll we'll have to find. I this don't remember, time. but maybe. And I was like, "That's Alexander Skarsgård. He's and like usually a big buff. Yeah, he's a Tarzan big buff Tarzan guy. Man. Yeah. And like in this movie, he wasn't. Anyway, I'll have. What to, movie was that? I don't know. That I was watching. I'll have to look it up. It was probably good. It was probably real good. Yeah. It was he probably weird. was relieved to be able to play a character like that. Or he didn't have to constantly be dehydrating himself and pumping iron off screen. We also heard from Julian Zamo. Julian Zamo. Book club member, you guys. Yes. He said, thank you for linking my reading order and Discord book club schedule on the show notes. Happy to oh, do it. Very yes, well. I'll do it again on this episode. I'll do it I'll all the time. I'll fucking do it again. Do it. Um, he said, I'm already trying to catch up with book club member comments on episode 18. Listening to God. you guys and Hayden talking about Wrightson's Frankenstein comic. Wow. Oh, that's that a good one. one. Yeah. Hearing people talk about episode 18 is just... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, and that's a great one for Spooky Times. I don't remember yeah, it. Yeah, so that's really good. It was about last year, I think. Yeah. I don't remember also, it. <laughs> uh, Julian also noted, we are talking about Hellboy being good with kids. He said, All right. comics Hellboy is great with kids. Movie Hellboy, not so much. And he posted that clip where Hellboy's jumping around with that baby. Oh, yeah, <laughs> man. That baby? baby is soup. <laughs> the baby's insides is soup. Really the brains, funny. the organs, it's one. just. He also said, I feel like Hellboy doesn't like to call, quote unquote, good women who use magic witches. Yeah, but they are, though. I mean, Liz could definitely be called a witch. She Same is. with Alice. But they are never called that because they are on the good side. Well, that's what they are, quote though, unquote. So. You know, so anyway, it's kind of Hellboy's got some biases, too. You yes, know? He's but got that's some not explored. Point. No one confronts Hellboy and says, mm. you know what? You're a little bit fucked up for this. We should get a story on that. You're a little bit biased about that. That's Sa- all I'm saying. Sarah Joel used to talk talk some sense to him. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you should chill out on this, Hellboy. Maybe relax a bit. Have him come into contact with a coven of like chill witches. Yeah. That would be interesting to me where he's like, fuck you guys. And they're like, why? What's your problem? Yeah. And at the end of the story, he's like, maybe, maybe I was a little bit maybe hasty about it. it. Maybe he's, I. He's having a drink with them yeah. or something. Yeah, that would be good. We heard again from Billy Hines. Billy Hines. Book club member. Still. Absolutely. Yes. He <laughs> said, uh, he said, fun anecdote. I love a fun anecdote. I love a fun anecdote. Oh, fun anecdote. Tell me it. He said, I used to work in Gosh Comics in London. Wow. Man, I have, uh, I have some stuff that I've ordered from there. That's a great comic store. I'll wow. link them in the show notes. Okay. Oftentimes they have like book plate editions of okay. comics where they come sign with a book plate. I love that. Nice. Right, how about it? He said, one day a kid and patient adult came in. He was about 12 and buying very early Hellboy issues. <laughs> As we got chatting, he revealed... He was in the movie, which was not out yet, as Kid on Roof. Oh, fun. He's fun. Little, nice. The cookie kid? Yeah, where he's like, you're Hellboy. Oh, oh wow. Like that. That's great. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's great. Um, good he, stuff. He was very excited and hadn't read Hellboy before being cast. Oh. He got some really good stuff. But he too. got into it. Yeah. What good? So he got some good issues yeah. then. Nice. That's yeah. great. Anyway, man. I want to interview that kid. That's great. And be like, how do you feel about the Hellboy comics? Yeah. What have you read? What were those issues? Man, I'm curious. That's awesome. That's fun. That's a fun 
That's a fun story. What a fun time. Yeah. We heard from Drew Campbell. Drew Campbell. Book club member. He said, in regard to the discussion about witches, there's a graphic novel Kickstarter campaign that just launched that you guys may be interested in. Mm -hmm. The Midnight Order by Matthew Bablett. Mm -hmm. He's really good. Check him out. I'll link him in the show notes. Unfortunately, like... This comes out monthly, so the when I got when I looked at the link today, there was eighty one hours left. So okay. I think it'll be done by the time this show goes sure. out. But I'll okay. share it on the social medias. I went ahead and just backed it, just based sure. on what Drew says here. He says, um, it's about a secret order of occultists and magic users who work to protect the world from supernatural threats, even though they themselves are persecuted as quote-unquote witches. Okay. And it apparently will include articles about the history and practice of esotericism. Ooh, that's, kick- that's intriguing. The kicker is that it's described as X-Files meets Men in Black with witches. I, that sounds incredible. Yeah. I love that. He said, once I saw that, I knew I had to make sure Danielle knew about it. Okay, this. I got to check this out. Yeah. That sounds so. great. So, well, I, I, That sounds I, like someone designed something for me yeah. <laughs> awesome. to look at. I went yeah. ahead and backed it. There was a reasonable level, a reasonable tier. Right. And I was like, I The can, working I man's yeah. backers level, so, sure. Anyway, that was good. That's, I, mean, I am intrigued by yeah. this. Thank but you for bringing that to our attention. Definitely check out this artist, uh, Matthew Bablett. Definitely check him out. I'll link him in the show notes. Drew also said... What did Drew say? The return of Effie Cobb is Zach Howard's debut in the canonical Hellboy universe, but he actually drew a short story in the Hellboy source book and role-playing game published by Steve Jackson Games in 2002. Nice. So in other words, it's your boy Howard. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's your boy. <laughs> Zach Howard. There you go. Really cool. Thank you for that. And speaking of Zach Howard, we actually heard from Zach Howard on Instagram. What? What? For real? Zach Howard. Book club member. Yes. He said, the podcast is awesome. And thank you so much for the detailed thoughts on this story. Interestingly, so when I posted about Hellboy being tied up in the tongue and the tentacles, I said, this has some Seed of Destruction vibes. And I put, oh, yeah. No, I put, yeah. I put the side-by-side comparisons. He said, uh, Mignola himself did the thumbnails for the page, the second uh-huh. image is on. This was the only page in the script that he did that for. Wow. And I kept the thumbnail for posterity. Absolutely. Nice. Would. So that's yeah, really cool. For sure. And he said he had a lot of fun with the story and getting to design Sarah Mae Blackburn with Mignola was a blast. That's great. Awesome. Really cool. Oh, I love Man, that. I love hearing Thank from, you. Yeah. For I'll that. link him as well. Space Friend Z on Instagram. Okay. You can check out Zach yeah, Howard. Yeah. Man, and all the comic book artists are chiming in. We also heard from Michael Oming. Michael Oming. I can't believe I get to say this. Book club member. Book club member, yes. yes. He said uh, he was excited to hear his name pop up. So there you go. His name <laughs> popped up on the episode. We did a whole episode with you. We did a whole episode for you. Yes. He also gave us some love when the episode from last month was posted. Aww. So I just want to give him a quick shout out. Project Monarch is out now. Yeah. It just mm. came out. Yeah. And we're definitely going to be covering that soon on yeah. Book Club members because that's one I'm really excited for. So yeah. awesome. All right. What an excellent feedback there. Are you Man. all full of oats? I, I'm Man. all stuffed from that Man. feedback. For sure. Oh, man. Now it's time for our next segment. What do you see? What do you say? All right. What are you seeing and what are you saying? John, I'm seeing it saying the burps. Oh, we watched the burbs. We watched the burbs again. Yeah, that's one for spooky time that we love love watching. God, that is such a great movie. It's so great. It's so good. It's I so enjoy good. it every single time. I always notice little different things I know, about yeah. it. We always there call are a lot it, of little details. First of all, we there. talk all the way through it. So like every single time we watch it, we talk the whole way through it. <laughs> I think we should do it for the uh, book club members. That would be good. I think yeah. we should. Maybe next Halloween. Yeah. That'll be the commentary that we do. For, I think just randomly yeah. when we need to do a thing, let's okay, do that. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, just I guess whenever. So, yeah. 
if I start talking about it, I'll never stop. So it holds up. I can't yeah. say it's anything really or else I'll yeah. never if stop saying never things it, about it. It's incredible. It it's a great spooky it's time amazing. movie. It's amazing. Mr. Officer, wait. I mean, there are these people, and they're, they're in my parents' house, and they're, they're eating all their food. Oh, Aubrey, what do you have? Uh, well, you know, because this is a spooky time. We've been watching a bunch of spooky movies. Uh, somehow we ended up watching four Stephen King properties in a row. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. We watched uh, In the Tall Grass, uh, The Shining, Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep was so good. Man. Uh, That's an intense run, though. 1922. And then because of Friday the 13th, we watched the first four Friday the 13th movies because Kathy's oh, never seen any of them. Oh, okay. That's uh, fun. That's a lot, though. But we just watched this one movie called um, The Block Island Sound. It's this kind of weird, slow burn, suspenseful, creepy movie. It's got like... All right. It's like a... It takes, takes place in this place called Block Island, which is off Rhode Island. And the sound is the name of the waterway in between them. Uh, but it's also because there's a creepy sound in the movie. Yeah. Um, All right. It's his father and the son, and he's a fisherman, and the sister comes back, and he's like, what's going on with the dad? Because he's like maybe showing signs of like dementia or something like okay. that. But I don't want to spoil anything. No, yeah. it, it, it was really good. It's It's a slow burn. If right. you don't like slow burns, then you're not going to like this. But it's not gory or anything. Sure, okay. okay. Right, cool. on. right on. Uh, good to know. I think the main character was really good, and I think he could be a good Eddie Dean from the Dark Tower series. Okay. Uh, so there's a couple actors. There's one actor in there. He, you know how like uh, if, when you're watching a movie, it doesn't feel like somebody's talking naturally. It feels like they're, Very just, affected. they're just reading their lines. It's like an affected. Right. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. There's one actor in there that just made me think that mm. he's just reading his lines. Took yeah. you out of the thing a little bit. Yeah, but he's not a main character. Okay, so, right on. You know, so that was so that was fine, but um, <laughs> it was a it was a good movie. I would recommend. That's it. funny. All right, yeah. very cool, very cool. And we also started the fall of House of Ushers. Oh, wow. oh I want to see that. So that's yeah. the same guy that did Midnight Mass. You're right? saying, yeah. saying a lot. And uh, yeah, Mike Flanagan, who also directed Doctor Sleep. Mm, How about it? How about okay, it? Okay, very good. Yeah, so. I've been watching a lot of Halloween movies. I got my Halloween list here. So we watched No One Can Save You. Is that what it was? Yeah, that's yeah. a good movie. So, yeah, uh-huh. we watched that one. That was pretty cool. It's all right. Um, it's got a... I don't want to... Yeah, if you haven't seen it, yeah. um, it, it's best to go in not knowing anything about it. I thought it was fun. It's all right. Yeah, it, it, it was good. I didn't... I had a lot of fun watching it. Spoilers for No One Can Save You for the next couple seconds. I'll Wait, put it in the She was really list. taking them out, though. She really was. Like, fuck, man. Yeah. I guess at some point they're like, it's, I guess, well, what are we going to do yeah, about yeah. it, you know? I told you what Kathy said about it, right? No, what'd she say? Baby skin little aliens, I could kick the shit out of them. They were a little, little woobledy goobledy, yeah. I also saw Trick or Treat. Have you ever seen that? I've not seen that one. Okay. Do you mean like, it's, but it's, it's Trick or Treat, but it's Trick R apostrophe Treat? Yes. Okay. That was really fun. Okay. Um, okay. So it reminded me like I haven't a, seen this. By it way. reminded me like of an '80s horror movie because it was kind of funny. It was kind of like a horror comedy. Okay. It was gory, so you know. Oh, is that like, why I haven't seen this? Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't gore. No, I should say this. It was gross. Okay. Okay. It, 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 okay. It has a lot of gross humor in it. Sure. And uh, and it was real horny. Um, uh, Some stuff is just too horny. But it was uh, but it was so cool because it was like a bunch of different stories. At first, I was like, "What's happening here?" Because it's cutting between all these different things. Right. But the the stories all have elements that lead to each other, and it's like four different things are happening on right. Halloween all around this horror event. Yeah. And anyway, oh, I don't want to. Wanna... Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. I don't, I, I don't want to say too much, right. but I had a lot of fun watching it. Right, I right. was like, what is this dumb movie? But I was like, man, that was kind of, you know, it was pretty good. Sure. I remember the thing. Yeah, go ahead. From, uh, I have deadlines to face. Uh, when I was doing my uh, 
fucking drawing feverishly. I had like an art deadline that I was doing, so I had to put stuff on, and I kept having to like put things on. A thing that I put on that distracted me from doing because I put on stuff that I've seen a million times, so right, that I'm not yeah. distracted, so I can just have it in the background and I'm working on my thing. A thing I put on, I was like, I've seen this a million times. This won't distract me. I stopped and I had to just start watching the movie, The Prestige. Oh, oh, that's a such great a good one. movie. So Man. fucking good. I literally put the thing down. I was like, I'm watching this, I guess. Yeah. I'm just watching this God. again. I've seen it so many times. It's so good. That's kind of a spooky movie. It's fucking great. Yeah. yeah. You should check that one it's out. It's a fucking great movie. Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Christopher yeah. Nolan told me. <laughs> now, I will say. Being... What, did, what did Christopher Nolan tell Michael Caine about the prestige? Christopher Nolan told me that if... <laughs> <laughs> That if you're doing a magic trick, try not to get your bloody hand caught in the mechanism. <laughs> there's great. a big, there's a big, uh, you know, content warning for. I myself am ex- extremely, especially sensitive to this very specific particular thing. So you may think to yourself, Danielle, how can you possibly be a, a fan of the Prestige? I know when it's going to happen. I just click forward, yeah, I fast forward yeah. on it. There's horrible awful uh bird violence right and yeah. it's awful and so i just i don't look at it i know when it's happening i just pretend it's not there i just pretend yeah. i do not see it yeah and that's fine and the rest of the movie is great the rest of the movie is great I also... but it's a get the bird violence is a, it's, a, it's a metaphor it's a yeah. metaphor for others it's a metaphor for another thing that happens in the movie yes so it's actually masterfully done anyway Continue. Sorry. Yes. Uh, I also watched all the Conjuring Universe movies. Oh, wow. Uh, Are you fucking serious? Did you seriously do that, John? Like, when like, did you do this? Like After movies. I went to bed or what? It's like eight movies. God. Wow. When the fuck did you do that? I just, uh, anyway. <laughs> That's I, actually, I'm, I'm not even, I'm impressed. I just mainlined all of them. I'm impressed. Uh, so there's three Conjuring movies. There's three Annabelle movies. And then there's The Nun. And then there's the curse of La Llorona, which actually isn't part of the Conjuring universe, but they meant it to be. Okay. Because they fucking show the Annabelle doll in All the right. movie. Okay. Um. Anyway, uh, that one was the worst one. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. But um, man, pretty good. Okay. Like as a uni- like the okay, actors in it are like, good or uh, like there, there are a couple duds in there. The the first Annabelle movie, sure. I was kind of like, eh. The um, first one, okay. The, the first one, the second one is actually the best one. Like it's more cohesive, or it's more like it's engaging, just a, it's just or a it's... better movie. Okay, they, they, they're not ter- as a universe, pretty good. Okay, and okay. like uh, the Conjuring movies were my favorite. Um, That's and, with uh, and, uh, what's his name. Yeah, Patrick. <laughs> what's his name? Patrick Wilson. Oh shit! Yeah, really? <laughs> that's the same guy that we're always talking about, and. Uh, the second one I thought was the best one, and it was it gave me quite a thrill. Quite a thrill, yeah. You know, when you're watching Uh-oh. a horror, like they've really perfected the horror. Like you see the scary thing, mm. you know something scary is going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's in the frame, okay. and it's and you're just kind of waiting for it to happen, and sure. it just and then you're like, I know this is going to happen. And then it still happens, and it scares you. So anyway, <laughs> it's good. So, so you're saying that the suspense didn't rely on jump scares. No, no, That's there's a lot impressive. of just like, I like there's a lot of just like creepy it's shit creepy. that just happens and it's like, ugh, you know, like that. I'm that impressed got, by that. That got me, you know what I yeah. mean? Like it wasn't cheap. It's not cheap. Yeah, I was going to cool. say, yeah. That's good. I also watched, I'm uh, impressed. based on the recommendations of Hayden Orr, book club member mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sometimes co-host mm-hmm. and yes, I was mm-hmm. on podcast. Uh, I watched Mandy with Nicolas Cage. Oh, that, I've been wanting to uh, see that. Oh, right. That was, uh, that was intense, uh, okay. but it was really good. All right. But you just go in there knowing that it's it's going to be kind of intense, you know, and 
um, when bad stuff happens, they're they're going to kind of linger on it, you know. But it's got a whole mood to it. Okay. It's the the music is amazing. Um, it was definitely worth a watch, but the ending leaves you like in some kind of way. It sounds like you're I mean? describing any David Lynch movie, right? Yeah, it was. Well, you walked in at one point and you were like, "Am I? Did walking? I just walk in on the worst, weirdest, fucking, most <laughs> yes. fucked up part of the and movie?" Like, and you're like, yeah, "Yeah, you really you, did. You really did." So anyway, uh, that was. But really I was good. like, "Oh, this is interesting." Yeah. Which I don't think you were, <laughs> mm. forgive me, I don't think you were actually expecting me to say because I was like, this looks compelling because yeah. it did like there was doing things with lighting design yeah. and sound design and like cinematography. And I was like, this looks interesting, even yeah. though it's very fucked up. Yeah. And then um, I also watched It Follows, which was really good. So what's that? Um, it's basically. Does I, it follow? I, like I, what's I, happening? I really don't want to say anything. If okay. You, it, it, I think that you might actually like this movie. I walked um, in on that when you were walk, watching that, and um. Oh, I, and it was just a lot of screaming, and you no, were like, <laughs> "Well, I walked in, and they were shooting at someone in a pool, and so they were trying to shoot someone who was underwater, and you literally like MythBusters did that. You can't do that. Oh yeah. The <laughs> bullet would break up, and you can't actually. As soon as the bullet hits the water, it breaks apart, and you can't shoot yeah. somebody under the water. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah. what is what's the movie about? But anyway, though? The, the movie was was really. I thought it was, that's another one that I was like, wow, pretty good. All right. You know what I mean? Pr- pretty good, good movie. Uh, I enjoyed both of those. So. Anyway, thanks for the recommendations. Oh, wait. One thing I did want to mention about the the one Stephen King 1922 movie that we watched. Mike Patton does the music score. Oh, what? shit. That's yeah. awesome. What? Okay. I definitely have to check that out. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Man, I'm getting quite a list here for All the right. next week. I'm going to watch a lot of this stuff. I wouldn't say it's very scary, though. It's just more of a right. suspense. Yeah. All right. And now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. And this is a good one because it's Halloween time. <laughs> this is where John inserts the the overly long <laughs> sound clip. It's too long. He just keeps making it longer. I don't know if anyone's noticed that. It's too fucking long. Well, we got Ross in there now at the end, too. I added Ross. Yes, Halloween time continues. I thought this was a very appropriate choice. Shout out to Mark Tweedo again for the reading order. Shout out. Shout it out. We're talking about Castle Full of Blackbirds. This was published from September to December 2022, written by Angela Slatter, art by Valerie Burzo, colors by Michelle Madsen, and letters by Clem Robbins. Angela Slatter is a writer from Australia, primarily working in the field of speculative fiction. Okay. She has written a number of short stories, and her latest works are the novels All the Murmuring Bones and The Path of Thorns. This is her first time writing a comic book series. Speculative fiction. Yeah. What's that? It's it's kind of like a... Uh, uh, that's what like everybody said Robert Heinlein was. is like He didn't write sci-fi. He wrote speculative fiction. Oh, nice. Like All right. So, yeah, I guess it's like you're speculating what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. Fiction. So here's what it says sure. on Wikipedia. Speculative fiction is a broad umbrella category of fiction that encompasses all the genres that deliberately depart from realism or strictly imitating ordinary reality. Instead, presenting supernatural, futuristic, and other highly imaginative realms. Sounds like sci-fi and fantasy. Yeah. This catch-all genre includes but is not limited to science, fantasy, horror, superhero fiction. So yeah. It's a broad umbrella. Mm. But it's, I guess that by saying that, uh, maybe she's trying to be like, it's it's a lot of different things. And I don't want to limit myself to this one genre. I want to do all of those things, right. which is yeah. cool with me. And that sounds great. And Valeria Burzo is an Italian comic book artist and illustrator. 
She has collaborated with numerous Italian and European comic publications. And the covers are by Wiley Beckert. She's an American freelance illustrator, creating comic book covers, advertising illustrations, and fine art. Her work has been featured in publications such as Spectrum and Imagine FX. On YouTube, she has a channel where she's illustrating a dark fantasy playing card deck called Reign of Sin. Nice, thanks. Nice. So I'll link that in the show notes. She also has a Patreon where she does like tutorials and a bunch of cool stuff like that, which I'll I, also like. I do like her painting techniques. It's really... Oh um, my God. These covers are spectacular. Yeah, they are. Um, we've they got truly the, are. The trade paperback cover is Beautiful. amazing. Really, you know? really good. I love that. And then in combination with the logo, which is really yeah. well done. We've got, yeah. the, we've got the hardcover here. Yeah, it's really beautiful. That's it's not worth a paperback. It. That's a hardcover, John. Oh, I said the trade paperback. Yeah, it's a hardcover. Thank yeah. you for correcting me. Um, these the trade hardback. The the little <laughs> trades are in these little like hardback books. Are really nice. Beautiful, yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. I I just love the way in the uh, on the trade cover, um, the way her eye is just like right. Oh, right. whoever yeah. set that up, yeah, yeah did yeah. that. And then we have the issue one cover, well, that's, which is that's, also that's, beautiful. That's that's. Um, that's graphic design. Yeah. That's a different thing. I love um, Wiley Beckert's Hellboy. You know, she's got a Hellboy. Oh, right yeah. There so good. Oh, right. Really nice. yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, there. you would. You would want to do exactly, that. Like, you yeah. want to be like, I'm well, putting Hellboy in here. And, and, it's, and also from a marketing point, it's an issue one cover. So yeah, it's like, absolutely. oh, you know, this yeah. is it. There's Hellboy on well, here. Well, it's letting us know, you know. Yeah. What where this character is coming from? But the 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 color palette on these covers is like oh, yeah. really cool. All right, so we pick up right after the events from Hellboy and the BPRD: The Return of Effie Cobb in 1967. We discussed this story last month. At the end of that story, Sarah Mae Blackburn was trying to find her way to the Linton School for Girls. Look who's here! Double black work. Oh, there there it is. Yeah, she's out there somewhere looking to find her place in the world. There's a little blackbird in the, in yeah. the mirror. Blackbirds have to fly. So these are the words from her, like, quote-unquote, surrogate parents, right? She had Tom Farrell, who was kind of taking care of her, watching over her, you know, and then she really bonded with Miss Brooke. And so Sarah arrives She's going to ride with this guy here. Yeah. He seems all right, he I guess. He seems all right. L- I mean, Fortunately. Hey, he got her over there. Luckily. Sarah arrives at Waverly Place. So this is a narrow street in Greenwich Village part of New York City borough, Manhattan, that runs from Bank Street to Broadway. It's been featured in media such as Mad Men, Wizards of Waverly Place, and I Am Legend. So it's kind of a famous street, I guess. Sarah is distraught to find that the school she's been searching for is all abandoned and run down. People have written burn all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a place you don't want to go to. Outside, she meets this redheaded woman. She said, oh no. She tells Sarah she seems lost and hungry. Sarah mentions the school being closed, and the woman hands her an apple. It's never closed to the right girl. And so suddenly... She's like, okay? Oh, what yeah. am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. Suddenly all the scenery's changed, and she's welcomed into the school. The Hecate School for Gifted Witches. Beautiful. Right? right. Like, you have a giant statue we of Hecate it. right when you walk in. I love it. I was like, holy shit, that's it's awesome. So good. I'll yeah. go there. I'll go there right now. <laughs> Let's that's, do it. I thought that was so cool, right? Um, the it head- is. When the headmaster mentions Miss Brooks, Sarah asks if she's there. He says no. And there is some sort of like reaction from the other girls, right? They all kind of are like, or they're whispering about her or something like that. Oh, yeah. The headmaster introduces himself as Ahinobaris Blue. Ahinobaris is Latin, typically translated as red beard. It literally means bronze beard. But this name was also the birth name of the Roman Emperor Nero. One of Rome's Boo. most infamous rulers, notorious for his cruelty and debauchery. He the worst. To, 
He ascended to power in AD 54 at just 16 and died at 30. Rome burned while he was emperor, and the eagerness with which he rebuilt led many to believe that he was responsible for the fire. He well, tried... famously, people talk about the um, when he's playing a fiddle as right, yeah, whether that's a thing or not. But he tried to shift the blame to the Christians, beginning the Roman persecution. This led to him being labeled as the Antichrist after his death, and many feared that he would return as the Antichrist. So I feel like the fact that they give a Hinobaris, they give this guy the same name as Nero, you know, it's kind of like, is he really? Okay, all right. Anyway, I thought Whatever. that was interesting. So all that is pretty cool. John, I'm seeing a lot of uh, black and white checkered floors with red curtains. Oh, right. Yeah. That is kind of like... Uh... If only those were zigzags. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they do have like statues. You're talking about like the red Big room. statues. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. That's really cool. I would go there. I would go to there. Blue introduces Sarah to her roommate, Eliza. And they all do their little activities. They're doing their little activities. They're all hanging out. They're doing stuff. He's like eating some his dinner while they're doing stuff. Or well, he said like you know let's go dine and then you know I think these girls are playing cards. These are like playing chess. Well, they're eating dinner over here. Oh, a lot of people eating are eating too, dinner. Yeah. So maybe after they finish eating their dinner, they struck up a card game or a chess. They do game. their little activities. Doing their little which activities. I like. She's Look at this reading guy. her book with her headphones on. Look who's here. Our bird friend is in the window. Oh, nice. Little detail. I didn't even notice that. Good job. Afterwards, the girls get together to show off their powers. And eating sweets. Right. We see that they have fire, air, and water powers. And does Eliza make the candy appear? Is that well, her? Are these triplets here? Right. These reminded yeah. me of the girls from the X-Men, from New sure, X-Men. Sure, yeah. The Stafford Cuckoos. The Stafford Cuckoos, yeah. yeah. So what's her, yeah, what's her deal? She just looks exuberant in this panel. Well, I'm the not candy sure is coming out. Is oh, it? is it candy? Okay. See, it's like in the air. Okay. It's like flying through the that's air. Fun. Like that. Sarah explains that she can see things before they happen. And they're like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know? She's like, no, it's not actually. I mean, sometimes, but not really. But we also see that scene where she drew the shovel and then it manifested in real life, right. you know? So, like, she yeah. doesn't say anything about that. Yeah. But that's part of her powers, too. In the room with Sarah and Eliza, Eliza asked Sarah about her apple. An she, old lady gave it to me in, in case I was hungry. That lady was not old. I know, right? <laughs> I think maybe she it's works all, It's here. all about perspective, Aubrey. Right. I know, but still. No, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I think maybe she works here. And Eliza asks her if she's going to eat it. No, I don't figure it's the right time. Besides, it's changed. So it's changed to this golden apple now. Mm-hmm. Look, who's here. It's we our see the blackbird, yeah, watching over the girls. With the full moon. That's and a so, good panel. It really I is. like his posture, because birds do make that posture. They do, when they're looking over things. Look, right? yeah. He, well, yeah, he like, I don't know. Anyway, it's good. It's a good posture. So we see that it's Miss Brooke. Yeah. Uh, just like we saw in the previous story, Return of Effie Cobb, she transforms uh, from a blackbird into her human form. We're having a drink together. And she reports to Ahino Barbas. I don't know if I'm saying that that name right. Well, you can just call him uh, Mr. Blue. Blue. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Mr. Blue. Mr. Blue. <laughs> I told you she's a very special girl, she says. I love how in the reflection in the mirror, you get to see what he's really looking yeah, like. Yeah, you can oh, see yeah. what he looks like. That's he's a, a big detail. devil. Yeah. And he's like, how long? I'll begin her education tomorrow, Miss Brooke responds. When I was reading this the other day, I almost skipped past that, and I was like, I was like, wait, wait a second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's good little detail. Miss Brooke is pouring a glass of wine, and in her reflection, she sees two women. It's Morgan Le Fay and Queen Matt. It sure is. I was is. like, holy it shit, sure awesome. Is. It sure is, John. Now, I was a little thrown by this at first, I'm going to admit, because I thought that that was Alice, who becomes Queen Matt. Right. 
at the end of the Storm and the Fury or sure. you know the uh, the Wild Hunt, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I was talking to Mark about it, and Mark was like, "No, that's actually Queen Mab." Right. Uh, but she says we don't. Be- uh, Morgan LeFay says we don't belong here. The New World, we can't stay. So I thought she was saying like. I thought they were like reaching from the future back, or I don't know. I like I don't that know. kind of threw me a little bit. Um, but Mark was like, he was like, but I don't think it's a mistake that she looks like Alice. Right. That's what I'm okay. thinking. It's like I okay. also thought that was Alice. Yeah, you know. And I thought like you that it was they're from the future exactly. reaching back okay. into time. That's what I thought. Right. So when you're saying all this, I'm like, okay. Yeah. I guess I completely misinterpreted this. Yeah. So it it, it is interesting. Um. But we're I, coming I at it good. from this. We've been doing this for years yeah. <laughs> and yeah. years, so we're we read we're into everything. Yes, yeah. so we are absolutely like primed. I guess is that you know yeah. the word that we're just sort of kind of. See, I didn't think they were from the future at all. I just okay. thought it was just like that was them in this time, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, she's saying like we don't have the time left. It was like, yeah, guys, but you got like another thirty, forty. That's years, what I'm saying. So yeah. good. <laughs> like we talk about time as it relates to a lot of this shit, and so I was like, it just she looks like Alice. Why would she look like that? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, I don't know. I guess she doesn't have the freckles. Doesn't she have freckles? They both comment that Sarah is a very special girl, which is what. Ms. Brooke was saying, so I'm wondering, are they influencing Miss Brooke as well from beyond? I don't know. The, Let's read the book and find out, John. Let's right? find out. The next morning, when Sarah wakes up, she notices her apple is missing. The house seems empty, but in the courtyard, she finds Miss Brooke and Rava the dog. It's a great character. Yeah. Uh, Rava's really cute in the story. Oh, Rava. Sarah is super excited to see her. Yeah. This is a nice school, too, like this courtyard and everything. Real nice. Really cute. Good campus, yeah. I really like the way that this stairwell is drawn on this one page. I don't know why. It's It's really cool. It's fun stuff. We really get to see all the details in there. Miss Brooke asks about Hellboy, if he knows Sarah is there. Sarah says that she ran away. Good, Miss Brooke responds. He might not understand. This guy is creepily watching them have a conversation. Oh, right, yeah. But I like that she's like, Hellboy might not understand, you know, what we do here. He's no friend of witches. Uh Uh-huh. Right? So, again, we were kind of talking about that last week. And we've talked about it a lot this episode. Yeah. Or here is an attempt to address that, you know, that Hellboy, he has some flaws, you know. I think it's sad that um, she's like, you can't tell your friend about this. Sure, yeah. Because that would be bad for your relationship or he would would be upset about it or he would do something about it or I don't know. And so... I wonder if there were more people in his life that felt like they could confide in him about it and say, hey, by the way, I'm a witch, but it's not like that or something like that. Maybe he would have been like, oh, okay, I guess I got this wrong. I don't know. Yeah. So I just like I wonder if I don't know. So that one little panel there, like you said, it made me think about all of that. Like, well, I guess I can't tell Hellboy about that. How sad that you can't tell him. Miss Brooks says today is Sarah's first lesson. Miss Brooke previously told her blackbirds have to fly. She opens the door. See some apples on this uh, motif behind. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. Check the yeah. detail on that door. There's really a lot of cool stuff in there if you like, if you pay attention to all those details. I love the glass, you know, the stained dome. Glass. Yeah, yeah, the stained glass yeah. dome ceiling What is up this here. like study with a Hecate skylight? With the, <laughs> I love it with the snake it's and really it's like, cool. it looks really pleasant and pretty. She's smiling. I bet the way the, the it's the, joyful, it's colorful. Yeah, I bet the way the light shines through that, like in real life, it like it looks, looks so amazing. amazing. Closed yeah. by Michelle Madsen and a big tall library. Ooh la la! I love it. Sarah's golden apple hangs from the ceiling. Any questions must wait for now. Reclaim what's yours, Miss Brooke instructs. So when she, okay, so when she closes the door, 
She looks stressed out. Yeah. She's like, oh, what am I doing? What have like, I done? You know what I mean? Like, she, you really get the sense that she cares about this girl. And I, I like how she's through the door like, uh, yeah. are you going to tell, like, what am I supposed to is do? There a spell, like, what are you, you know? are you going <laughs> to? And she says, you'll find your shape or you won't. Great. What a cool <laughs> line, though. I like that. <laughs> I thought that was really nice. She takes one of the books and she opens it and it becomes a blackbird. It does. I thought that was really nice. Then all the books become blackbirds and they kind of swarm her. I like this one that's in mid-transformation that's just a book with wings. Oh, oh I was actually wow. looking at this. Yeah. I was looking at this other one that's the same thing. Yeah, these are great. <laughs> I love that. Wow, what a great detail. There's a bunch of those. Wait, there's like four of them. Those are great. But yeah, I did want to talk about because then she transforms into a blackbird. Well, after well. they after they swarm her, right? Which birds don't fucking do? But they're magic. They're magic birds. But is that... this? But is this even happening? Or it's her learning how to? You think it's tapping, in her imagination? Tapping into the I don't know spirit of to become because she does do it. Right? Yeah, she does. She does change. And I thought this was so interesting how you see her face become a beak, and you see the feathers coming out of her arms. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I just. But I, she has the cuts on her after she transforms back from a bird into a human form. So she's got magical book birds, books right. that turned into birds. Oh, right. Yeah. Coming after her, and so she's a big giant blackbird, and she goes and she gets the apple off of the chain. Right. And then everyone's like, "Yay, you did it! Yeah. Great job!" And she's like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right." Yeah. What a cool scene. I thought that was really interesting. I really enjoyed that. I like seeing that. She has a mantle now. That level of transformation. Yeah. She has a mantle now. Look at this. Right. It's like a... Great aesthetic. A coat or something. Or what? what is that? Mantle. Uh, that's what it's called. Eliza takes her to her room to rest. She's got her golden apple. And we see they're watching her. They're g g g ghosts Morgan Le Fay and Queen Mab are watching her. Very special. Dare we hope? We dare hope. Ms. Brooks says. Did you catch this, though? Everybody else is a ghost. Oh, yeah. Why are they? Oh, you're right. They're kind of like transparent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I didn't even notice that. That's what they are. All right. Going to issue two. This issue two cover is amazing. This is fantastic. Look at these skeletons here. Yeah. Uh, Wiley Becker did some prints for these covers, and they totally sold out, and I missed out oh, on okay. all of them. Um, but this is one that I definitely would have gotten. God, really incredible. At the Linton School for Girls in New York City. New York City. In New York City. One month later, we get a nice glimpse of school life and some flashbacks from the return of Effie Cobb. Yeah, we're just, we're reading some books. We're summoning some snakes. Oh, look, this, this she's doing a lesson about crows. Did you see that I love on it. the blackboard? That's great. Like how she's also bonding with her friend, her roommate. Right. Uh, we see Ms. Brooke go down into the basement of the school. In her reflection, um, we see uh, Queen Mab and Morgan Le Fay watching her. She meets with Mr. Blue. He's doing some devil stuff. He is. He's doing some devilry. There's severed limbs, and we see his true form. He wants to know when Sarah will be ready. Ms. Chill out. Miss Brooks says she needs to master air, water, earth, and fire. Remember when those triplets showed off their powers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They had those. They had that there, right? So we cut to Morgan Le Fay's castle. We first saw this castle in Hellboy the Wild Hunt. Actually, the Wild Hunt and the Storm and the Fury are a great reread for this series. We discussed those on episodes 27, 28, and 33 of the podcast if you want to revisit those. Oh, wow. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. We also see a reference to Alegos, right? Um, he was guarding outside of Queen Mab's oh, castle. Oh, yeah. There's that guy. Morgan Le Fay is also saying, how long do you think? As long as it takes, Queen Mab says. Remember where your impatience got you? 
So if you remember, and uh, thanks again to Mark Tweedo, I had a discussion with him about this panel also. So uh, if you recall, when they introduced this guy at Legos, he's actually guarding so she can't leave. Yes, yes, yeah. I remember, yeah. Because like she didn't pay for some powers that she got or whatever, so that's what she's kind of referencing there. Nice little callback to that series. The girl will be no use until she learns. Whomst amongst us. Yeah. Over with Eliza and Sarah, we learn more about Sarah's background. So we see, like, she knew something bad was going to happen when her family was going out to do something, and then something bad did happen, and then they're like, you got to get out of here, because yeah. you knew and you warned us that that was going to happen, and then it did. Yeah. That seems very... All right. That's not smart to do. No. Right. But I will leave, because that's... Yes. They don't want me here. Because they don't want me here. So... But it's also like, I would want to keep you around. You you know when bad stuff is going to happen? Yeah. Like, yeah, I want to know that. I want to know like, yeah. when to not go do something. Right. And Sarah asks about Eliza's family. Once upon a time, there was a king with three daughters, and this king asked them all one day how much they loved him. We get a flashback of that story. Father, I love you like gold, one of the daughters says. Nothing is more precious. Father, I love you like wine, the other says. A thing so finely cultivated. Father, I love you like salt. How common, how coarse, be gone. Wasn't salt like... The most precious thing right, at one point yeah. in the history of the world. Like, wasn't it like literally currency at some point? Yeah, yeah, it was. We cut to them back eating dinner, or they're peeling potatoes, I think. But salt's good, right? You'd, You'd think, think so. so. And then, was, is this a good time to plug salt magic in an amazing say, book called like, Salt Magic? Because we're talking about witches and salt? Because yeah. I, I immediately thought of salt magic. I did too. <laughs> yeah. I was looking at it just yesterday, actually. That's why. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Check out that. That's uh, I'll link those episodes in the show notes. We actually got to talk to the creators. We of that did. Book as well. That I was so much fun. That fun. Really nice. Our our friendship has taken us on a lot of adventures, hasn't it, boys? It, it really has. It has. But I like how Eliza just stands up and gives the potatoes to this lady, and then she's like, "Well, I guess that's all she's going to say about that." You know, like that's all, all right. That's yeah. it's such a weird like Mignola doesn't have a writing credit on here, but mm. that is the type of thing that he would yeah. do is put a little story like that sure. yeah. in here. Over with Miss Brooke. She's looking pretty distressed after meeting with Mr. Blue. She doesn't look happy. And she views the statue of Hecate. Cool. Cool and good, I say. Now we see Miss Brooke. She's teaching the girls a biology lesson about leeches. A segmented parasite. Drinks blood. A metaphor for greed. Drinks souls. Used for medicinal purposes. And the best way to combat? Salt. I just love that. That was great. Really nice. That's also, it's not used for medicinal purposes. Don't do it. I, Factually, said, it was used yeah. for medicinal purposes. Well, to be fair, the student did say used and not, yes. not oh. use. Not useful used. for. Yeah, right, used. sure. Okay. okay so it was used for that, that but that is a fact you shouldn't about it. do that. It's like, Please oh, don't. you're sick? Suck your blood. Yeah, oh, you got uh, your ma- your maniac? Here, suck your blood. No. Also, if you um, like the cupping. But there's a cute little detail. <laughs> Rava is outside playing with butterflies. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, anyway, there's a lot time. of little cute stuff like that with him. I like that. After class, Ms. Brooke asked Sarah to remain behind. Eliza gives her a look and then produces a black box and subtly gives it to Sarah. I almost missed it when sure. I was reading it. Alone with Miss Brooke, Sarah learns it's time for one of her special lessons. Okay. What are we learning? It's time to learn scrying. Love it. Miss Brooke specifies, because she's like, oh, is that just seeing the future in water? And Miss Brooke specifies that it isn't just seeing the future. Sometimes you can use an obsidian mirror, mm. John. And John. It, it could be other reflective surfaces. It could be. There you go. Sarah just needs one drop of blood. Here, Sarah asks. No, down there, Miss Brooke responds, in the water. Don't cut your fucking hand open. 
on so she the gives palm. her she gives her a knife to go do it so she dives down in there I thought this was really cool too because she's like no down there so when she goes down there then she's in another world or yeah. something yeah when right? she hits that uh, sandbar it's like bam she's like on an island she or something she's like not that. underwater no. she's in another realm or something like that she slices herself on the palm of her hand like a dumb idiot oh no that's your that's one of your pet peeves it's right? so cut yourself almost anywhere else <laughs> <laughs> where where would be a good that's a good moving place? around you're using your hands for all kinds of stuff all of the time it's, it's moving so heal. much it doesn't heal yeah it's gonna get infected. Maybe um, anywhere else on your arm, on maybe, your forearm, on your leg. Maybe um, is palm blood more? Uh, no, that's no. just a stupid thing. It's just more like it looks really dramatic, I guess. Because mm. yeah, you see the yeah. like. I would be the first fucking person to put it in a movie or a comic book where someone just rolls up the leg of their jeans and just cuts himself on their mm. their fucking calf or something. And someone's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Why would I cut my palm? That's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I do that? That's the dumbest place to cut yourself." And then she sees something. She sees something. What does she see, John? Well, one of the things that she said that Ms. Brooke told her was, uh, you may only take one vision. When it's finished, look away. And Sarah asks why. She says bad things. Mm. When you're done, click your fingers. Definitely okay. listen to someone when they tell you something right. like this. Yeah. I would I would, I would, would absolutely heed that warning. Those are some crucial instructions. That's a crucial right? instruction. It sounds crucial. She's seeing Hellboy here. She uh, sure is, John. He's on the dragon. I, I thought this was so interesting it's to come back to because like, did this ever happen? <laughs> Except people visioned it all the time. People did... envisioned this. Yeah, yes, that's, I mean, did. it never actually happened, though. No. He fought a dragon. It's symbolic, I guess. And then, but he, he did attack hell. You know, he did destroy hell, but he wasn't on a, on a dragon when he did it. I just think it's funny that, like, <laughs> so many people have had this vision of Hellboy's coming with the... With the horns and the sword, and he's going to destroy everything on this giant dragon. It's never really happened, yeah. has it? It's been a lot of different incarnations and yeah. a lot yeah. of different stuff. I, I mean, it, it's it's the one thing that everybody's been afraid of, but then like Hellboy's like, it's, it's not, not actually canon. Not, it <laughs> Hellboy's like, happen. it's not going to happen. But I guess it's something that could happen, or maybe in sixty-seven, anything technically could fucking happen. Maybe in sixty-seven, he was still on the path for that to happen, or I don't know. Anyway, really cool. Uh, I love the rendition of this by Valeria Burzo yeah. and Michelle Madsen. When you, they give her a whole page. I was going to say, do this, when she yeah. found yeah. out that she got to draw this, was she just like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah, you'd yeah. be like, yeah. "Fuck yeah!" Right? Wouldn't you? She's like Hellboy, and she kind of startles herself. She drops the knife, and another drop of blood goes in there. And then she starts seeing a vision of Queen Mab and Morgan mm. Le Fay. And then they turn into skeletons. Shouldn't do that. Shouldn't look at that. And then a Whoa. giant sandworm. Or a leech, right? A leech, Because that's yeah. what they were just talking about. Um, the leech comes out. And Sarah's got the little box that Eliza gave her. And Fuck says, you, Shai Halud. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she tosses it into the leech. And then there's a squelch as it blows up. The finest salt in all the shire, John. Mm. In case we have a roast chicken. Roast chicken? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> but this was really fun. I thought this whole vision was like, what's happening? You know, sure, that, right. I, I love that when I'm reading a Hellboy comic where I'm just like, what the heck? You know, what? what is, but when you think about it, it was part of the lesson that she was just telling them about. Yeah. And, you know, you have to apply what you've learned I in the like magical that she realm. Just she didn't even fucking say anything. She didn't even pause. She just slid the box over and stood up and left. Right. Yeah. I love that. Well, going back, like when I saw this, yeah. I went back and oh, looked at yeah. that again. Okay, and I was like, they reference the it. timing on that scene. Cause she's really just nice. like, stay behind. And then she doesn't even, so like the teacher goes, stay behind. And the girl just slid the box over, yeah. stood up and left. Yeah. Really Fuck, nice. That's great. Really cool. Yeah. The slatter is letting Burzo do the storytelling with the, 
the the, the images. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? The They're art not, is doing the storytelling. Right. There's and, no and, dialogue. There's no boxes of narration. Right. It's yeah. just how many pages of this has been? One, There's, there's two, not a thought three, bubble going, four, I wonder what five. why she's giving me this. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Like they, no. they, they trust the reader yeah. and they pull it off. You I know, love it's, it. it's really nice. We love it. Oh, yeah. So good. Love to see it. Oh, and uh, so she snaps and then. Yeah. So I like that effect too when she clicks her fingers, then Miss Brooks' hand comes down and grabs her out. She says uh, what she saw, and so she tells her, I saw Hellboy, Miss Brooke, but he was different. He looked like a king, crowned with flame, and the world was on fire. I like her reaction. She it's has to very severe, herself. yeah. I want to come back around to this, but it's just like, yeah. It's a very severe, they take a beat. There's a whole panel yeah. where no yeah. one's saying anything, and she's just has a very severe yeah. look on her face. Do you see anything else, Sarah May? No, Miss Brooke. More blood dripped in by accident. Something else started. But I didn't. I think she was going to say I didn't like yeah, look at it on purpose or anything. But she was scared to tell her the whole truth. Like right. she did see something. She didn't mean to, but she did. Yeah. And so we see another image of that of Morgan Le Fay and Queen Mab skeleton well, versions. Yeah. But so we see what she saw in her vision. So she's remembering the vision. Mm-hmm. So Miss Brooke is like, "Oh, you did well." But then it cuts immediately to Queen Mab. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh." Clever. Clever. Yeah. Clever girl, right? A, a clever witch is a suspicious witch. Ah. Mm. And a suspicious witch survives Morgan Le Fay. Yeah. Little yes. liar. Little she liar. Calls it, but I think yeah. it's like just yeah. fondly. Fondly, yeah. Like in a fond way. So this is what I, what I wanted to come back to. So we see Mr. Blue with one of the girls and she looks really scared. So that's not good. No. But then we see Miss Brooke and she's having a time. She's having a time. Yeah. Because I think she just learned that the world's going to end. I mean, it, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, it's going, it's like, yeah. Like, like I, I think that that is following up. I think she held back yeah. when she said, oh, I saw Hellboy and, you know, everything was on fire. No reaction. And then later she's like, fuck, this is fucking with me now. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You know, anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, I guess that could be interpreted a number of ways. So when they go back to the room, uh, Sarah's like, how did you know to Eliza? Because she gave her the salt, right? And she's like, do you really think you're the only one who has had special lessons? Jeez. And she's like, oh. Okay. Well, thanks. I mean, chill. Did he ever learn about salt, the the king? Yeah. And then so we get this one panel fucking where weird. the king it's is- fucking weird. The king is with the two daughters and their leeches, and he's being stabbed. Yeah. Did he stab himself? I don't know. Well, I thought it was like he was trying to pull out the knife. Oh, is he pulling it out? Yeah. And whatever you do, don't pull out the knife. Let the doctors do that. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. No, that's That's real. That is true. Because that could be the only thing that's keeping you alive. If you pull it out, your Mm -hmm. blood pressure drops because you bleed out. Yep. So leave it in. That's what they tell you to do is leave that in. Or if someone has been shot or stabbed and it is already out, just put your fucking finger in it or your hand over it directly. Don't wad up a bunch of... Right. Like... um fabric or anything like that because that just soaks up the blood and it soaks up and it so the blood's leaving the person's body don't put anything in between just your bare hand or your well this is a very spooky no seriously (laughs) for real this is good advice thank you for saying thank you for speaking up on that aubrey yeah um good jobbery again good jobbery but uh (laughs) so she says did he ever learn about the salt the king and she says no good night all right good night you know so the king didn't learn how to defeat these leeches. No. If he learned about salt, then he would have known that that's how to defeat Right. Them. Well, he dismissed salt as being right. unimportant. Anyway, how do you interpret this? That the daughters that sucked up to him were kind of just leeching off of him? Oh, right, yeah. right. And that ended up being his ruin in the and end or that, something yeah. like that. I mean, that. salt yeah. built the world. Right. So this 
you know. And then we see Mr. Blue. He's watching him from the window like a creepo. What a creepo. Yeah. Creep. What a creepo. They blended in good with the tree, though. Yeah, creepozoid. The issue three cover. Look at Rava on there. I'm God, good. looks great. Yeah, he's Just a cute, amazing. He's a cutie patootie. The snakes and everything. God, these. Billy Beckard is knocking it out of the park with these covers. He's got the snake in his mouth, like, "Hey, I'm helping the snake along." Yeah, it looks very friendly and like yeah. gentle. It doesn't look like he's harming the snake at all. No, it's more like, "Hey, buddy, let me help yeah, you up." Yeah, what, what are we up to? What are I we like doing? Them. I like the pose from Sarah too. That's yeah. really nice. Yeah, creepy. I love it. Over at the Linton School for Girls, one week later, more fun magic lessons in the school. Mm. They're growing some flowers. They keep coming back to this line. It's been at the beginning of every issue. She's out there somewhere looking to find her place in the world. Mm. We see Miss Brooke teaching a lesson. The girls quote Dr. Faustus by Christopher Marlowe. Yeah. And they're talking about the scene with Helen of Troy, right? Because in the play, you know, Dr. Faustus, he makes a deal with the devil and then he's trying to show off uh, all the things that he can do. And so Helen of Troy was supposed to be the most beautiful woman. And he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summon her. I'm going to have the devil summon her so that way I can make out with her. Yeah. And, you know, wouldn't you want to be with the, the hottest girl ever or whatever? So that's kind of like the lesson they're talking about here. That's weird and creepy. <laughs> right. But these are the lines where he says, come, Helen, come give me my soul again. You know, so this is the part where he's like kissing her and stuff like that. All right. So I like it when they're when they finish reciting it. What have we learned from this reading, Miss Brookass? It doesn't pay to be a special girl. <laughs> what happened to Helen wasn't her fault, Sarah says. Correct. So be wary of bargains that look too good to be true, Miss Brooks says, and never underestimate the vanity of either man or God. But perhaps it's too late in the day for Marla. So the, <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. So she's like, perhaps eh. it's too late in the day for Marla. Yeah. We can't be talking about this. Yeah. Right let's now. let's pack. It's it a in. heavy scene. Yeah. Let's pack it in. Doctor yeah. Faustus. Outside of the class, we see the other girls, but they are missing Elsa. Sarah thinks they should call the police since she's been missing so long. Mm. But Eliza says the police are no good here, and the adults don't care. Police are no bloody good anywhere, right? <laughs> when Sarah asks if she went off and got lost in the city, Eliza responds, "No one goes outside." Jeez. Miss Brooke approaches, and when Sarah asks her about Elsa, Miss Brooke shrugs it off, saying she's run off before, and she'll come back when she's ready. She'll be fine. Right. She's just out there in 1967 it's streets running fine. around. Sarah tries to ask about how Eliza said no one goes outside, but they're interrupted by the headmaster, Mr. Blue. Sarah leaves them, but not before seeing Morgan Le Fay and Queen Mab in the mirror. Okay, okay. Winking and, and shushing. Yeah, she gives her a little knowing look, right? All right. The next day, we see Eliza and Sarah in front of the statue of Hecate. Love it. So, Hecate. The goddess Hecate, mother of dogs and the moon, ruler of witches and the night keeper of graveyards. She by whom we swear, Gorgonide Hecate. Hellish, heavenly, earthly goddess of crossroads, queen of the night. She who thirsts for blood, Gorgo Mormo, moon of a thousand forms. Heca Emin Ra. <laughs> I love this page. I just thought oh, I was so they good take that. a whole fucking page to, to just, just say all her. Yeah, it's her. I goes. I guess those are her titles. Yeah, yeah. And um, I love this because Robert Newnham, book club member, was just talking about this when yes. he was talking about Heka Emin Ra. Yeah, it makes me want to go back and like. I guess like I knew that that meant Hecate, but like. I don't know that I knew that from the very beginning, you know what I mean? There's so much of that, yeah. like, frog language, the, the Seussian language or whatever it's called, and it's like, um, 
now I want to go back and see whenever they say Heka Emin Ra, you know, and stuff like that, because they're talking about Hecate when they say that. From a certain point of view. Yeah, and I like that they give that to Sarah May. You yeah. know what I mean? She she knows the most ancient name, the the Hyperborean oh, yeah, right. name. Right. right, yeah. Yes, that's a good point, John. Miss Brooks suddenly tells Eliza to get lost, and Miss Brooks takes Sarah Get for, out of it. Yeah, for another special lesson. Sarah asks Miss Brooks how she came to the school, and she says, that's a story for another time. We cut to another story. We learn how Mr. Blue came to the school. He's really Alosess. Mm, okay. Alosess is a demon that appears in demological grimoires. He is described in the Lesser Key of Solomon and in the Pseudomonarchia Daemonum as a duke taking the form of a fire-breathing, lion-headed soldier riding a horse. His purported duties... Dope, in- dope. His Sounds pur- dope. His purported duties include teaching astronomy and liberal sciences and granting familiars. Rad and good. Oh, All nice. of that sounds <laughs> rad and good. He's like a demon professor, which is interesting because they put him in a school. Why don't you call him Professor Blue? Yeah. Call him Professor Blue, John. That's his name. He is claimed to have 36 legions of demons under his command. In the Hellboy comics, we've seen a lot of different demons and stuff like that. So um, this kind of goes along with all that. I like that. Oh, so um, they cut to Queen Mab and Morgan Le Fay. They're talking about how they basically fucked over this guy. Well, she's like, hey, Alices, born in fire, raised in hell, I summoned thee. He's like, what do you want? Yeah. And she's like, oh, you know, like power untold. He's like, okay, well, uh, I don't really do that. I do like liberal sciences and (laughs) like you can have a familiar. Or what was the other thing he does? Oh, yeah. uh, It's teaching astronomy. (laughs) I'll teach astronomy. You want to know astronomy? I'll teach you astronomy. No, he's like, yeah, sure. Uh, In return for my dominion over this world, like I'll be like the boss of everything. And she says as much as you can walk. Mm, okay and he agrees to that okay so then they she embedded the walls she (laughs) embedded the walls he can't leave he can't leave so he he's in control of what he can walk but it's just this one yeah one school in in confined space i like how they're drinking wine and talking about this they're just like Two ladies gabbing about yeah. something. Yeah. Some, remember when we remember that, that time guy? we fucked over that demon? Yeah. <laughs> really good. And they're skeletons and they're drinking some wine. But we also learned that he did a little thing. He was able to break off a shard of that castle. Ah. And so that's what this Linton School for Girls is. And we see over the years it's been an apothecary and a church. We also see Morgan Le Fay. Oh, so as we're seeing all of this progression... Are you ever going to get tired of this shit? And she's like, no, never. Well, Queen Mab is giving her shit about it. She's like, didn't you think deeply enough about this? Shut up. Yeah. Shut up about it, actually. Queen Mab is basically like, yeah, when will you tire of this? Shut up about it. She's like, never. I'll never stop giving you shit over this. Nope. I thought all of that was really fun. You know, their relationship. Yeah, that's fantastic. Even though they're like, even though they're like these fantastical beings, you know, (laughs) they still just get up to shit sometimes and talk shit. For sure. Nothing better than talking shit with your best mate, is there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Miss Brooke tells Sarah it's time for her earth lesson now. Mm. And she gives her a bag and tells her to fill it with dirt. But it has to be special dirt. It might deliver death or dreaming, she says. Those are two very different things. Yeah. So. The bag that she gives her has the sigil of Hecate on it. Does little, it have the sigil of Hecate? Yeah, a little detail right there. Okay, I like that's that. Fun. Sarah enters the cemetery I like how Rava goes with her. Oh, yeah. we skipped over. There was another page of Rava playing with the butterflies out the window. Again, right. Which I thought was kind of cute. They come back to that. Um, but Rava goes with her into the cemetery. And at the end of it is a big crooked tree. I love a big crooked tree. Yeah. And this I cemetery, I was like, 
How come there's so many animals? Is it like a pet cemetery or are these just like the gravestones? Well, those are familiars, John. Ah, yes. you're right. Thank you. And okay. familiars are going to be revered as highly as the person yeah. who was connected to that familiar. Thank for you sure. for pointing that out. Brilliant. Yes, it totally makes sense. Sarah starts to fill the bag, but the crooked tree turns into Hecate. Ah. How dare you steal from me, she says. I didn't know that's what I was doing. I They told me to come in here and get this dirt. I'd. I didn't fucking know, man. Morgan Le Fay and Queen Mab watch from the reflection of the nearby birdbath. Did not see that coming, Morgan Le Fay says. Sarah is able to use her earth powers to plant tendrils that temporarily hold Hecate back long enough for Queen Mab to do her magic, right? Is it Hecate or is it just like a something that looks like Hecate? I don't know. Like yeah. a little, what is it, right? You know, I, I kind of got the feeling that this wasn't Hecate because okay. I feel like Hecate would be way more powerful well that's what i thought it was interesting that she could do that that she could temporarily hold this this thing back or whatever maybe it's a testament to how powerful she really maybe. is yeah. i feel like it's something that is taking the form of like trying to fool her into thinking it's hecate but maybe it's like her own mind man or something well think about this because what happens next is what happens next let's see a, let's there, see there's a cool little magic scene um queen mab and and morgan the fay are watching it queen mab she like makes a portal. She retrieves the apple. Then she help. has the apple. We gotta help her out. Yeah. yeah. And then she pushes the apple through their water, and it comes up through the bird bath. All that is really cool. And it's communicated well. It is very you know I mean? yeah, very. A lot well of done. stuff is happening really yeah. quick. And if you're not, you might be like, what? No, that's what I'm saying. When I was reading this, I was like, what? That can't possibly be Hecate. But then when all this stuff is happening, I'm like, oh, okay, I see what's going on here. So and so she offers her the thing. She says. Her net well, like you were talking about earlier. Yeah. She says her most hidden name yes. first. Yeah. Which is a big deal uh in st- stuff with stuff like this because of the power that right. hidden names would have. So she says the names and she says a couple more like titles. And then she says she goes, my, queen. my queen. Yes. Yes. Like I'm hey, we're we're on the same page here. We you don't, cut have to, to, don't uh, worry about it. Don't even worry about it. And she offers her the apple. We cut to Mrs. Brooke lesson from earlier when she was talking about Faustus, right? Never underestimate the vanity of either man or God. Yep. Right. <laughs> but she. But what? Look what happens to her when she takes the apple. She turns into the Hyperborean form. Yeah. Right. We see that form first. Then she turns into the black goddess that corrupted Hyperborea and Thoth. Yeah. That was that form of it, um, which I thought was really cool. You know, to flash back to all these, and it's epic. It's just like ah, you just take a second to really enjoy these panels. Yeah. Yeah. I I have to say when. The thing where she turns into the Hyperborean form and all this stuff is like, I remember all of this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's, this is the thing I've been yelling about <laughs> this whole time. So I very much enjoyed this page. And so Breaking the Rules has a cost. As you well know, she's bleeding gold here. Right. So remember the Fey people bleed gold. The Fey people in bleed these gold, moments. yeah. Um, but also uh, Hecate tells her that she can take as much dirt as she wants. And she also gets to ask her a question. Mm. Back with Ms. Brooke again, we see that she's distraught. She's like, oh, what did I do? Again, you know what I mean? She's doing these things to these girls that she doesn't really agree with, you know, which I think is... um, And she's surprised when Sarah returns successful with the bag of dirt. Before I arrived here, Sarah says, I used to see bad things coming, but not anymore. What happened? The school has defenses for it, Ms. Brooke says, and you. It keeps your mind safe while you're here. Stray visions can be dangerous. This place... Eats them, for want of a better word. Sarah asks, will I get it back, my gift, if I leave? When you leave, Ms. Brooks says. We cut over, we see Eliza, she's talking to Mr. Blue, and some creepy stuff is happening, right? So is that the other girl in there? 
You see, in his like in his room, there's all this like gray smoke, and then yeah, it's yeah. That fog. One girl, right. We also see Sarah sitting alone in the room. She reaches in her pocket and she pulls out some of the dirt. So she's got pretty intense. She kept some of it. Pretty intense. So she smart. filled the bag, but she she's also she's a smart girl. Yeah, yeah. It might deliver death or dreaming. She's she catches on really quickly to shit that's going on here. She's not naive about it. She's like, if this dirt is so fucking right. special, maybe I ought to fucking have some of it. Then I reckon, right? Like, right. I reckon I'll have some of it. This chapter four cover is, is my favorite, I think. Oh, Gosh. it's so good. It is so good. Yeah. Really amazing. Yeah. What else can you say? I mean, what else can incredible. you say? Yeah. She's got the uh, the lights there. The flame. Yeah. The real, right? I love that imagery. Two weeks later at the school, we open on Sarah trying to follow Eliza into a room, but the door's locked. Mm. We also get this scene of Sarah looking at these class pictures. So um, I thought this was a real subtle detail. You really have to be paying attention. So we see one uh, one year, and then the next year, a bunch of those girls are missing. They're missing, yeah. And then we see um, some subsequent years. And then this last one, if you notice, Sarah's there. Yeah, and she was like, wait, I don't remember this right. being yeah. taken. That that one panel, this was never taken, made me go back and go, wait, what what is happening here? Right. Right? Because it's kind of it was kinda of hard to notice that detail. Here comes her familiar. Oh, is that her familiar then, Rava? She's always hanging She's, out with yeah, him. Yeah, and he went with her on the thing. I like I mean, that. But I thought he was Miss Brooks familiar. But anyway, I we'll don't see. Know. I don't see her with any other familiar. I always thought her familiar would probably be a blackbird, but it didn't turn out that way, I think. Right. So uh we also get some scenes of Sarah. She's sitting alone. And the other girls are all sitting together. She's just with Rava, who's like wagging his tail. He looks really happy there. Yeah. He's having a great time, John. And Mr. Blue and Miss Brooke are watching all of this. At night. Um, so it's a full moon again. Oh, and here right. comes here comes this blackbird. Oh, right. It's in the tree there. Yeah. And then it's Miss Brooke. So when Sarah gets up out of the bed, she's got that mantle or whatever. Yeah, she the, does. The feathers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did that how did that she happen? She put it on. She put it on. Magically, John. Ah. Magically, she did that. When they go outside, Sarah says, Eliza doesn't like me anymore. And Miss Brooks says, sometimes friendships are short-lived things, Sarah May. It doesn't make them any less real, and we always learn something. Like not to trust people, Sarah asks. So cynical, Sarah May. All the lessons in class, and these with me, even the painful ones, have value. They're a gift. She's not wrong. So she leads her out to... I guess this is like a pyre or something, um, like for to be burned, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's yeah. those flames kind of encircling yeah. it. How many flames are there, John? There's seven. There's seven. Oh wow, very good. Um, like the seven dragons, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like how, how they have the reflection of Mab and Morgan Lefay. Oh, there in it the is. Water. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. That's a good they're, one. They're checking in. So Sarah's like, don't they burn witches or drown us or hang us? They Whatever mostly they would hang them. With. They mostly would do that. Yeah. Fire like anything can create or destroy. But just as water is a conduit, so too is the fire. She tells Sarah, you can fear it or use it. It can be a servant or a master. What is it to be, Sarah Mae Blackburn? And she I hands been her saying the this. fire. And we get some great images, right? Real so good. She's able to harness the fire. And then for for a moment, she sees Hecate in the Black Goddess form. Uh-huh. Yeah. What uh-huh. is that? They're all, they all see it, right? Making a connection through the Vril. Right. Yep. Yeah. Direct connection. We were just talking about through that. Through the Vril. West She's was not evil. That. Yeah. It's, it's what you do with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's what we all do with it. Yeah. What are we all going to do with our power? We all have a power. What are we going to do with it? 
So yeah, I mean, so she's mastered that now. Yep. You know, she passed that test. The next day in class, they're learning French conjugation. Okay. Or something That's like a good that, thing to right? learn. Yeah, It's it a good is. thing to learn. We see that another girl is missing. That girl's missing. Right. She looks at her empty spot at the table. Just the books are there, right? Yeah. Afterwards, she goes after her friend Ellen, but she runs away from her. She's like, stay away from me. You can't be trusted. Not with the company you keep. And she's like, I just want to help you find your sisters. There's nothing you can do for the dead and the damned. And she turns into a ghost and disappears. What an intense thing to say and do. Right. But then she reappears in front of the Hecate statue. That's some David Lynch shit. It's really weird, right? <laughs> that's some David Lynch shit. But I guess it's a magic school, right? They can that maybe that's one of their powers, yeah. right? Is they can do that. She's like, get away from me. Uh I'm out of here. I'm out of here. <laughs> just disappear and appear somewhere else. I like that. But we learn that the girls have another plan, right? Uh mm-hmm. Eliza and yeah. Ellen, they talk about Did you tell her the truth about us? No. Good, we best go and report it to the headmaster. So they're all doing stuff for Mr. Blue. Yeah, they're Blue doing now, something. Right? In the kitchen again, where they had their little story last time, Sarah tries to talk to Eliza, but... You better uh, fucking tell me where she is, I'll set you on fire. Right, she kind of freaks out a little bit. Right? Yeah. Then she feels bad about it. They both feel bad, they're yeah, crying. They this is very sad. And Sarah goes to Ms. Brooke and tells her, you know, what happened. I almost hurt Eliza. I didn't want to. Miss Brooke is like, but you did control it. You didn't hurt her. Sarah says, I don't want this power. Oh, Sarah May, too late for that, my girl, Miss Brooke says. It's nothing you can cut out. It's nothing that wasn't always there. But Sarah's more concerned about all the girls that are missing. But Miss Brooke says there's nothing that she can do. And she finally snaps. She says, Sarah May Blackburn, I made a fool's promise long ago. And that binds me. Trouble me no more. She's like, I'm in this too. I'm trapped in this whatever is, you know what I mean? I can't do anything about yeah. this. Which I think is crazy. Like, imagine if your teacher... You ever see a teacher, like, lose it or something like that? All the time. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, shit, they're a real person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like They don't live yeah. at the school. Yeah, they have they their They can't own. do anything they about their... this nightmare world yeah. that we all live in. So then what we learn is that Eliza went and told on Miss Brooke, right? Because yes. Miss Brooke is like... Uh, he's like, how long is she ready? And she's like, oh, she's still not ready yet. But we know we just we've seen her like master everything that she has to do. Look, she has to buy her own supplies. She still has to work even when she's at home off the clock. Yeah, it's it's a dire situation with our teachers. Okay, can we give them a break? But he's like, I I thought you said she had such promise, and she's like, such things are never certain. Hmm. But he knows that she's lying, and then he stabs her. Stabs her. Yep. <laughs> it really. He yeah. sure does. So we get a flashback of her deal. We see Mr. Blue saying, serve me all your days and your powers will be magnified and you'll have a home and you'll never be cold or hungry again. And she's like, I promise. So that's how she got roped into all of this. Yeah. Right. Sarah's a special girl. And he goes, well, special girls are a dime a dozen. She goes, she'll destroy you. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. The look on her face, the expression on her face when she says she'll destroy you. Right. Yeah. is pretty amazing. That's good. I kind of love that. As Miss Brooke is dying, Eliza's like, I only wanted to be free. So, like, now I think she feels bad. I mean, you know, she probably didn't know that he was going to kill her. That he was going to stab her. Over with Morgan Le Fay and Queen Mab. It's time then. She's ready for our purposes. Morgan Le Fay's like, I wish I could come with you and play a part. Queen Mab says, your day will come. There are some rules even we cannot break. And so we get some... uh, Hellboy's got Excalibur. Yeah, so that's how Morgan Le Fay is going to come into the story, right? Because... She saves Alice after she gets poisoned by the by the darts or whatever, and then she shows Hellboy that sword in the stone or whatever. Uh, again, uh, the Wild Hunt and Storm and the Fury are a good reread to go along with this one. She says, "I'll be watching as she turns into a skeleton." I'll, yeah, I'll be watching on my Scrying my water. Bowl. Yeah, my water TV here. 
It's that new liquid television. Yeah. Sarah May goes down with Rava into the basement of the school where they're always meeting what? with Mr. Blue. What the fuck is this? There's some weird shit. What the fuck is this? It's like weird devil shit. Right, so, I don't like this. So the, the, yeah. he's he's sucking their powers, but these pods look like the Iron Maiden. Yeah, they do look like a version of an right, Iron Maiden. Right. They do. And there's a unicorn down there. Hmm. <laughs> Well, it's a it's a tapestry. So that's why all the girls are going missing. Yeah, yeah. he's sucking their powers. It's just out a big of pile of skeletons right? in front of these um, so big they, tubes. They, they, so they train up all these girls, yeah. so that way they're really powerful when he takes their energy or whatever. I would have immediately right? set this whole fucking place on fire, and that's why I could never be a protagonist because I would just set all this on fire and blow it up immediately. I wouldn't listen to any dialogue. <laughs> There would be no fucking final speech from this fucking guy. He wouldn't say a single fucking word. Just right. everything is just immolation right. instantly. Um, I'd be like, I don't fucking like this. Yeah. Everything's on fire. Sarah tries to love, tries to just do that, what, what you said. It, yeah. it doesn't work. He was like, I was born in fire and raised in hell, witch. You cannot burn me. And she's like, no, but I can snuff you out. Get in the fucking bin. He's like, no, and then he turns into a little shriveling, smoke, pathetic little demon guy. And then Sarah looks over at the thing that's sucking all the girls' energy, and she destroys all that shit, yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. Miss Brooke is still alive, and she's with Eliza. Miss Brooke, you're hurt. Let me help. There's no help for me, she says, and you must leave. I thought I belonged here. You did, Miss Brooke says. You've done so well, but the eye of hell is upon you now, and I'm sorry for that. Time for you to go. I, John, I would simply not be doomed by the narrative. Yeah. <laughs> Eliza says, you're a very special girl, Sarah May. And then they burn in there, too. I guess because they're bound to him. You know, they're both yeah. working for him. So they're just kind of like, they're part of that, too. I thought that was really tragic there. Well, um, yeah, but I guess that's what happens. I mean... Dr. Yeah. Faustus, right? Hey, you make a deal with the devil. That's what you did. You did that. Sarah looks at the statue of Hecate. The very cool statue of Hecate. Yeah. It's and a cool she, statue. As she heads outside, it. she sees Queen Mab out there yeah. with a the big crow blanket. And Rava's with her, crow too. Crow blanket. Yeah. Crow coat. Crow trench coat. And mantle. Well, crow mantle. But he, she's also in Europe. Yeah, we love oh, it. Oh, right. I love Good that Good job her. there, Aubrey. She comes out in Europe. There you go. And she gives her the mantle. And she says, now we can begin. And she has the coolest expression. She's cool now. Yeah. Yep. Really nice. She's like, I know stuff. I know things. There you go. In the sketchbook section, we get some nice preliminary drawings by Valeria Burzo of the characters. And what else do we got, Aubrey? Some nice layouts of I the like pencils. These, um, yeah, pencils. I love these pencils. I They're like really these nice. Sketches. Yeah, it's nice to be able really to good. Yeah, we see the statue and everything, and then we see like kind of like the inked work as well. Yeah, you, it shows like a couple pages in um, really pencil, cool. and then it shows them inked the as well. The pencils are excellent. Oh, uh, you get that one where Hecate pops out. Yeah, I like that. All in the uh, she come be in pencil. Yeah, transforms from the crooked the, tree. The pencils look so different. Oh, so what does it say here about the logo? The three logo options created for the series designed by Ethan Kimberling. The last was the unanimous favorite with its weathered stone look. Nice. It also, I feel, mm -hmm. if I may, I feel like it looks more consistent with the other fonts that yeah. we've seen. So that also might be why it was... Um, so appealing to everyone. Yeah, and we See, get. I, I like it a lot. We I get mean, some of the awesome variant covers too. Uh, who are the variants by Aubrey? Uh, the variants are by Vanessa Del Rey, Marina Strachowska, Evangeline Gallagher, and A. Savala. Nice. Okay, very cool. Yeah, and those are all great too. 
Man, um, I, I I really I, like this one. Okay, this uh this series kind of went under the radar for me. Um, I didn't get any of the single issues. I thought there was gonna be more birds. Mm. What about when they all came out and then she turned into a bird? And I then... thought there was gonna be more birds not doing a bunch of bullshit. She was a big bird. She was a big bird briefly. She was. Yeah, I like that. I Every like when once she was in a, a while, bird. there was a bird looking in the window. <laughs> yeah. I thought we were gonna meet that guy. What's he about? The crow was Miss Brooke. Okay. Miss Brooke turned into the blackbird. Turned into a little blackbird. All yes. right. So she's just looking at her. Why? I think because she, she's just watching her, right? You, okay. Or maybe it wasn't. Does she have to be a crow to do that? That's how she's stealthy about it. Oh. I feel like she could just look at her normal in the normal form. Well, maybe I'm wrong. I Why wonder, does she have to be a bird to do it? I don't know. I don't know. When does she, she just, sleep? Maybe she just likes hanging out as a bird. Maybe. It's probably awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it probably is very awesome. I'm not saying that. I mean, it's probably great, but yeah. So not enough birds for you in this book. Should be more. I mean, if it's it's castle full of blackbirds. We had a lot of dogs. Was it in full here. of blackbirds? We, there was more dog than anything. Yeah. I mean, he's a great dog. <laughs> I love dogs. He's great. Rava's excellent, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying. Yeah, but uh, anyway, <laughs> it should have just been a castle full of them. Full of them. They open the door. Where are and they? There's all the birds, birds everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. on the Hecate statue. Yeah, wherever. Anyway, uh, in the so, classroom on the table. So, uh, how, what did you think of that, Danielle? Of the uh, your what, the thing uh, I've been yelling about mm-hmm. for for years. Yeah. yeah, no, of course, it was good. Absolutely, right? yeah. I liked Xavier uh, Hecate's school for gifted witches. <laughs> Absolutely, I, liked that. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I was like, man, yeah, that's so good. It's about time we got one of these. And for I, sure, I, I would have been better if it wasn't run by a fucking. Dipshit. But sure. There yeah. you go. Can't have. But, it. Can't but, have it all. But I, I think it, it goes with a lot of the Hellboy stories because they're all kind of tragic and sad. Yeah. Underneath. Oh yeah. No, oh yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. And the origin is, and it wouldn't it, be it, a Hellboy story if it wasn't horrifically yeah, tragic. Yeah. So, but it, this series kind of flew under the radar for me, and and it, I, I, did I, it? It flew under mm, the radar. Ooh. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun, and I like Sarah May Black. It was a lot of fun. When was it fun? When she got stabbed, or when those girls were getting all their Essence is sucked out by the weird tubes. Yeah, those were fun. I liked fun um, yeah. moments I liked, for you. <laughs> I liked the lessons. Yeah, those were. Good. I liked the little activities. Those were really cool. Um, I like Queen Mab and Morgan the Phage as being two. That was very fun. <laughs> they were, they were... Let's cast them. Yeah, who are Lily we Tomlin. Oh, who's uh, who is she with? In um, Frankie and Jane She's... Fonda. Oh, there you go. Yeah, amazing. That would be fun. The birds mate for life. No one does. Whichever one of you is a ladybird, don't trust him. He'll break you in two and leave you crumbled in the dirt. Yeah, we were just talking about Lily Tomlin last week on Book Club Members. Anyway, uh, yeah, I love the story. What, what, what did you guys think? No, th- those I, I agree with you. Those moments were all excellent, really fun. Those two characters together, yeah. really good stuff. And then, obviously, I love it when the protagonist is extremely likable. So all yeah. of that was great oh, that was good. for me. Yeah. It's good. It's good adventure. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, the story was good. The pacing was great. The art was amazing. You know, everything about it was just wonderful. I like the lesson throughout yeah. it. You, you will or you won't. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I you'll, mean. You'll find your shape or you won't. You fucking right? will or you won't. Yeah, that's yep. a good one. Awesome. Well, I'm excited get, to so hear So get you. after it, yes. basically, is what that is. Get after it. Yeah. And get after that listener feedback. Yeah. I'm excited to hear what you guys thought. Send in some more voices We love to it. Us. We yeah, love yes, it. definitely. We, we love hearing you guys actually. Although we do appreciate if you, you type if you type us an email or a, yeah. a comment or whatever. We do appreciate that with all our heart. But, but not we, as much. No. Oh, no. no. <laughs> we do appreciate it just as much. But we oh, also. No, I don't mean that. We also appreciate it when you take the time to uh, record something and send that in. We love to hear 
your lovely voices. We we adore you for that. So thank yes, you. thank you for that. So uh, thank you guys so much. And now Aubrey's going to say all the things. He's going to say some some things. Castle full of blackbirds, man. Castle I love that story. It was fun. Uh, I want to hear what you thought. Send okay. us a hey you damn guys at hellboybookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at Hellboy Book Club Podcast and on Instagram and Twitter at Hellboy Book Club. Yes. You can also find all of our resources on our Podbean website, our Facebook About section, and our link trees on Instagram and Twitter. As always, a special thank you to Paul from Gatahan for the listener feedback theme. Thank you, Paul. Uh, thank you, Only Beast, for the theme theme. You're welcome. Thank you, Mark, for helping with the reading order. Of course, yes. And and Julian Zamo also, I guess, oh, yes. behind the scenes, mm-hmm. we're also thanking you. You can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And when you're there, open it up and give us a five-star review. Every little bit helps. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing, tell a friend. Have them join the book club. Everybody wants to be a book club member. Do it! Next week, we're back over at Book Club Member Comics, and we are going to be reading Falcon Spear by Warwick Cadwell Johnson and Mike Mignola. So you guys know what to do. Pull out them trades, digitals, omnis. There's an omni one of that one right now. And there's a library edition. That's Ooh, really nice. That's yeah. what I'm going to be reading it on. Uh, and join us next week over Book Club Member Comics, and we'll be back here in about a month for Hellboy Book Club Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm the mother of dogs and the moon. Ruler of witches in the night. Keeper of graveyards. <laughs> she she by whom we swear. Gorgonite Hecate. You know, hellish, heavenly, and earthly. You know, goddess of crossroads, queen of the night. Uh, she who thirsts for blood. Gorgo, Mormo, moon of a thousand forms. You know, <laughs> just like a and Ra. And I'm already Lovelace saying blackbirds have to fly. I'm loving it. Oh, yes. They got to have to fly. They have to fly, Aubrey. <laughs>